The Revenge of By the Numbers is brought to you by eSportsBet, the industry's leading crypto odds matrix. Have you taken advantage of our deposit bonus? Using the referral link in the description box, you can get a 50% bonus on up to 200 USDT deposit. If you were to make a deposit, obviously then you would also get the DJT bonus of 50 times however much you put in. So if you were to put in 100 USDT, you'd get 5,000 DJT to also then use in the World's Prediction Series two contest a free to enter 10 million usdt prediction competition chris is still very much in the round oh chris he's found three it's down to a two on two chris can he close this with an ace oh my god gives him a chance at least and this cz kill could be everything finally zeus he does something looking for a second he connects it oh and he gets a third as well surely he's not gonna pull this off What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Revenge of By the Numbers. It's another beautiful week here. We've had some blast to talk about. There's been some roster moves. We've got RMRs progressing. Astralis are going down in flames. Loads of shit to talk about. But, uh, you know, big welcome to everybody tuning in. And, of course, big shout-out to everybody who's been tuning in on the podcast as well. Last week, a lot of people went into Spotify and all that. So big shout-outs to you guys on iTunes and Spotify. We're putting the podcast up there. So if you're here, be sure to leave a like. Be sure to leave a rating on it. It really helps. Even a one-word comment doesn't matter. It's all about the Algo God, and uh, he needs his sacrifices. So uh, be sure to leave a little bit of a recommendation. But, yeah, Thorne, how you doing, man? You have a good week? You know what's dark is? Obviously, they'll think you just mean that as a metaphor, similar. But if you actually know, like, I actually sort of am into the space, the headspace, where basically digital technology and especially any artificial entity, it's just demons, it's just demons magic technology. So what's funny is, even though you joke, if you actually do frame it that way, you will actually see what a useful metaphor that is, similar. Because think about it, right? You know the old concept in, like, Greece, ancient Greece, of the idea you go to your local, like, the temple shrine and you make an offering to a god in the hope that he helps you, right? The joke is that is what liking and putting comments on the fucking the algorithm does. It's like you're telling, like, the evil god of fucking media and mammon of money to just be like, I want, I want more of this guy. And he's like, this I will produce more with my minions. Give, give him money. Give him the sign of Mammon. Give him the beast, Mark. <laughs> they send me the AdSense that I get it. You know, so the whole thing. It's very, it's pretty sweet. The artifice of the internet is so fucking evil. It's mad. It's the reason why I bring that up, though, is because here's the mad thing I actually realized, similar. You know, it's like a classic. If it, people don't know, there was a classic Joe Rogan skit just like this, where he was talking with Duncan Trussell, that comedian friend of his. And Duncan Trussell gives this whole thing where what he does is he just takes the story of Genesis from the Bible, literally the first like chapter of Genesis and he just reframes the whole Garden of Eden story into like computer code you'll have seen this video like computer terminology so instead of god you know it's like the creator and then instead of the word it's like he made like a programming language and then he made like you know this but and this and then he made a simulation and you know what's hilarious right at the end of it all joe rogan and duncan trussell's take is like yeah so simulation theory must have something to it it's like no you moron that's just modern terminology you fucking idiot the joke there is you've just inadvertently admitted that bible story makes sense to you so long as we remove the words that have been pre-programmed to you to be silly because they're to do with the 
Bible. The joke is if we just say something about a computer, you're like, yeah, it seems to make a lot of sense. You know why it makes a lot of sense, Joe Rogan? Because your actual worldview of this, like, science thing and, like, the whole universe, like, we're just alone in a tiny space. That makes no sense. The joke is that's what you have to cram in your head every single day. But whatever. You take those fucking checks, homie. And you keep spelling all that bullshit. Because speaking of... Just, I'm getting myself in a mood. It's sort of like an old Barishnikov technique here. So come on, Semler. What, what is the petty grievances we're going to start out with? Here? Oh, no, I mean, there's so many. This right, is a glorious I'm just going to tag on. along on this, though, because we were actually talking yeah, about Yeah, yeah, give me your thoughts. Yeah. And I found a website that literally keeps track of all of the episodes that have been deleted from the Joe, Joe Rogan experience now on Spotify. So they're up to 113 episodes out Ooh, of all of his episodes. I didn't realize there was that many fucking Yeah. 113 and and they've got a website it's called jremissing.com where it and guess what your mate duncan trussell deleted oh uh, of course yeah February, I should have even thought that I know, I know that's, dude, that's the wildest one that people don't know about that case a most people who followed that story on the surface think he just got away with it and like the walk employees didn't win what do you want about they gave into the walk employees you moron yeah, and then secondly the craziest part to me is this i'll tell you a moment like i can't i, I don't i don't know the whole story elsewhere so i won't comment elsewhere but the, the particular moment where joe rogan completely gives up his integrity is like you said there somebody you just nailed it it's not that he just removed really big controversial ones bro he removed like half his friends episodes you know what i mean like that's one area where i don't care what anyone's typing in the chat now they're all gonna be typing i'd do that for 100 million then you're a piece of shit you know what if someone came to me and goes yeah we'll give you loads more money but semler's not on the show then it'd be like well you're not you're not doing the show then bye mate me and semler's just gonna keep doing out you're like what the fuck is that yeah i always you know what my line that i said in that the message on blast is such a fucking great line like it almost could have been scripted if people don't know those all were impromptu you know when i had that line where i talk about like all the pro players talking how much money they make but then i say like yeah but that's what's your legacy gonna be one day you'll have spent all that money then all you'll have is your legacy and you'll very quickly realize by the way the money meant nothing did it? it's gone all you spent on was some pizzas and burgers and fucking some shit music of a guy going i'm on i'm on prescription medication and i will kill people and sell drugs and you're like oh this is amazing oh i'm gonna sacrifice all my human integrity to buy this fucking mumble rap like Mate, what is that? That's the bad... You know, that is the most whack thing about this dimension, Semler, is they build it up to be awesome when they tell you the Faust story. You know, he sells his soul, but he gets all this rich... No, no. In reality, Semler, in real life, they you sell your soul, and these morons do it for, like, a fucking candy bar or, like, you know, a shitty watch. Like, they don't even get, like, a good value. It's like... The, the joke is, they've devalued souls. They just... Yes, they they're, they're like the fucker. That, there's so much theft in my area, Semler, in the northeast of England, that if you actually legit want to sell a CD like a, like a, a CD that cost you like $10 back in the day for like a band they'll give you like $1 similar do you know why they give you $1? Because every thief who steals those CDs sells it to those people as well. So they've devalued the whole market. So even though, like, you know, yeah, obviously it's an old thing. Maybe it should be worth like a fourth. No, no it's worth like a tenth. And then they put it immediately onto the shelf times four. Like, that's the fucking world. That's like, that's what people have done with souls. You don't get any, there's not even like a big sellout. And that's why you just get pissed all day. Yeah. You fucking idiots. It's like you've, you've fucking crashed the market for souls. Like one of the most, the, the most like the ultimate expressions of beauty or one of them is music right and how sure. now now for years it's all just been generated it's just been generated by ai so all of the hits out there all of the big beats everything that you hear well, you on can like, hear it soulless, yeah. radio, it's all soulless crap yeah, and yeah. it's all been just ai generated and so then the mask starts to come off because they literally just announced you know that like oh we're signing the first ai awesome. rapper you know and it's like turns out he's got like the mark of the beast and shit and you're just like whoa okay now 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 it started like it's all started to like slip here the, the curtains you can start peeking between the curtains 
And so they have to cancel them, of course. They have to, like, you know, nix that deal because they got such a backlash over it. But it's not for the reasons you think. It oh, was sure, a diverse, the reason I saw. It was a diverse reason. <laughs> it was so stupid, wasn't like, it? This is a soulless beast, and, uh, you know, we're just going to go ahead and uh, even he turn was our wilding, though. souls to gray mush, you know. But Even he was wilding. It's great, man. Dude, ah, man, the, the world, like, you can't write this. It just keeps oh. getting better and better. You can't look away now either. It's like a train crash. But, uh, you know, what else, uh, what else kicked this off? Okay, let's just get back into the world of CS while we can. But uh, <laughs> simple, uh, we might as well just, you know, touch on this simple thing again, because he kind of came out. My take on this, because obviously, you know, there were a couple of tweets that were brought up by, uh, by simple, but um, one, he, one, I love how you continue to be the most irrelevant, inconsequential, well, historian, no. ever, you know, analyst, whatever. And yet you're just living rent free in these people's heads. Like they can't stop talking about you and upvoting anything that has to do with you. So that, that trend Dude, continues. Do, do you know the craziest part of this story? No one ever mentions because it's an inconvenient truth. The first time there was actually a real one of those, Al, which is like, you know, when they always go like, ha, you are the one that simple lives in your head rent free. Like, here's a detail for you guys that you don't know. Simple followed me on Twitter when I blocked him. Oh, that burns, doesn't it? That burns. Because here's the thing. If I go now, I'm guessing simple followers, what, like 300 people? You ain't one of them. Not you, Assembler, but all these fuckers who are commenting. You know, all the because here's the weirdest trend that that has, that has provoked that I find really bizarre, Assembler, is the people where it's like, when I, when me, someone who's not one of the random plebs, speaks to simple, not a random pleb, and people who have a relationship, I have a relationship with simple. I know he's literally a fan of mine. I've said it on the past. He's literally told me he's a fan of mine. He's asked to talk to me. He's, me, he's commented on my tweets a million fucking times, by the way. He's DM'd me. He's done all the shit that you guys all pretend now he didn't, right? But what's ridiculous is at the end of all that, this, the kind of loser who's just watching me and him argue, like, why do they all do that thing as though they're like the secret service working for simple? You know, when they're like, Mr. President, get down, please. And they're like, how dare you say anything to the best player? Like, this is, you're simping for a fucking video game player. You're aware. Even the stupidest simp for a woman imagines he might one day get sex or photos. You're not going to get anything. He just stays on Twitter, not following you, not retweeting you, not replying to you. At best, maybe if you're the one out of a thousand person, he randomly just like goes, I'll give this guy a like. That's about all you're hoping for. He's not even commenting on most of you, because I can you imagine he's not reading any bloody replies, he? So yeah, this whole thing's stupid. But okay, let's get into it. What was the premise? Because as you say, the joke is, it's like at this point in time, right? I don't reply to Simple. I don't message Simple. I've blocked Simple. But this motherfucker just cannot get off my Twitter page. It must be like his homepage on the internet or something. So come on, hit me with it. What did he have to address? It wasn't even that big. Of, it almost seems a total throwaway to eat as well. Come on, hit me with it. Was it. What was the big deal? I know. This forgotten analyst is inventing there again. Can't answer back because his mental component is incredibly weak since he blocks everyone in Twitter at me when he finally gets a job. So already I was, uh, I was, I was kind of laughing when I saw this tweet as well. Cause I'm just like, simple, simple. Hold on. Um, you're the one who's currently letting his team play in the blast groups, you know, and not doing your job. So <laughs> like, call well, it. Second, let's just add a caveat to that though. Here's the difference though, Sambler. When okay. I don't work events, I don't get paid for it. He was paid to not, to not, to lose I, those games. Yeah. In Dubai it's even and, worse. Uh, it's like he up. didn't do his job and he was paid. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> But uh, there was, I guess he's basically, because he's, 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 he's still going on about these, uh, the crazy tweets. And so then the, the one that really like bugged me a little bit and actually kind of makes me wonder, did he send these, these DMs or not? Uh, when, what was the timeline for when he sent these DMs? Cause he's obviously replying. He's obviously reacting to the fact that people gave him some flack for the emotes, right? For the rolling, laughing, crying emotes. 
Yeah, so then he, he here's the thing. I'll tell you the order of what happened because this is actually a complicated story. Because as usual, one it involves simple. So spoiler: if you're a fan of by the numbers, you'll know simple's actual reading comprehension on the English language is actually fucking bang average at best, if not below average. Actually, you'll see he consistently gets things wrong, like he did with Richard, like the rest. So what happened was the initial thing is simple posts the thing Semler says, which is like I'm irrelevant. Now what's weird about this is even I, because people kept linking to it. Actually, I think even I was confused about this. I actually think if you look contextually, right, everyone thought that he just took out of context this tweet I made that was obviously about the idea that back in the day, everyone pretends sure. they all said Simple was going to be the goal. And they all go, we all said he was the best. You were there, Samuel. No one did. In fact, oh. the joke was everyone used to argue against it. Their whole thing was like, yeah, he might be talented, but he's toxic. Or, yeah, he might exactly. be good, but he's he doesn't have the game set. So, you know, he peaks too much. He's too aggressive. Like, dude, everyone had to take like that. The joke was back then, people really did just say I was like a dick sucker of him and Nico and Device. Those were all the fucking names. That's why a mate of mine even said a few years back in 2018, Semler, at the end of the year, he just sent me a screenshot of that Hitchell TV top 20. And you know, one, two, and three in this order was Simple Device Nico. And he just sent me a message. And all he said was, it's almost like you know something about this game. Those are the players I was going on about, like 2016 guys. So anyway, right, when this all happened, I th right, what happened initially, and this is why people actually were going against Simple on this one. So they all thought he's taken that tweet, which is obviously, by the way, not a diss on Simple. It's the opposite. It's me basically saying, like, I'm the only one who said he was going to be the best, but everyone else will now sort of pretend they did, even though they didn't, right? I think what's happened is everyone else, including me initially, thought he'd taken that tweet and somehow that's triggered him, which is obviously like, bro, he's not even dissing you. Like, what? Like, you, really? you know, okay. but here's the thing though the problem is this similar the day before though I had made a tweet that was something like about the oboe situation I actually think he was re responding to that because I in that, that I one. said that's the one all along yeah and because there was because there was one basically where because Simple had used that phrase like I'm crazy like he is. I'd done a tweet where this it's good banter. I'd said because you know fan. I'd said basically like Simple says that I'm wrong about Fallen being overrated, but Simple also describes himself as being crazy. It's a pretty good point, right? I've, it's his own words, by the way. I'm using it against him. I'm like a fucking lawyer, so I'll just make that point. So that's what I think's made him wig out now. So obviously part of the problem with this story is most people like oh, me initially are probably actually thinking he's just basically read it incorrectly. Now what's silly about responding to that though Semler is there's not even anything in that like again you said you're crazy mate all I'm doing is using your words and you said Fallen's overrated now I assume if I had to guess he's seen me say Fallen's overrated again and it's hit the trigger again and it that button's bit ah oh, nuclear launch detected <laughs> like I'm playing Command and Conquer or something this conscious Russian nukes immediately so which by the way would be entirely appropriate you know the world situation right now but anyway whatever don't go now don't get some out of it do not timestamp that keep it in so anyway the point is after that because i then made some more tweets as usual there was like more fucking crying and all the rest of that shit which then because i then basically pointed out the oboe thing he did again similar that's why he posted the dm that's what i was going to get to i think because essentially what he's trying to do with the dm is, is a gotcha what he's trying yes, to say is this now he claims i haven't checked the times he claims that was before or during this incident it wasn't like there's later. no date on it I think it does say like 1651 is the timestamp, but you're right. It doesn't it say the date. timestamp, but it yeah. doesn't say a date. That's true. No, but here's the like... problem. Here's the thing, Samler. Even though I'm a very skeptical person, I couldn't believe he. I couldn't believe he did send that DM at yeah. the same time. The problem is this, and this is what Simple doesn't seem to get. One, 
we don't know you sent that. Exactly. <laughs> so, so what do you want? And then two, this is the craziest part to me. I still don't understand this part. How would sending a guy, by the way, quite a nice set of DMs. I thought it was actually a very appropriate way to speak to someone like that. At that time, if people don't know, oh, this guy wasn't responding to messages. So if you're like the greatest player in the world, he might respond to you in the same way as if like back in the day, like Michael Jackson message, of course, you'd pick up the phone, wouldn't you? So that's a great concept. But here's my problem, Semler. How does saying all that in DM then mean if you then publicly go, I'm crazy like him, that somehow doesn't have the same impact. Like I said on the last episode, you know what I said on the last episode, be very careful what words you say to someone who's on the edge, as it were, because you don't know what will tip them over. So in the, that was what I was saying there. That The DM doesn't in any way invalidate him saying he's crazy. That's still a silly thing to say, no matter what nice back and forth you've had. So that's why this whole thing to me, again, it's like you started out right. It's really just about the fact that Simple cannot fucking avoid my opinions. He just can't. The joke is, in theory, right, his Country's at war. He's literally in one of the best teams in the world that's supposed to be playing tournaments right now and on top of them. He's supposed to be practicing. He's got all the... By the way, he's got a bazillion followers. He's got so many people want to contact this guy and communicate with him, engage with him, but he cannot stay off my Twitter. Now... The reason why, this is my last take, I said at the beginning, because he's a fan of mine, you idiots. So like all you little shitters out there who were mega fans of mine, I watched loads of my content, but you one time tweeted that stupid thing to me about Cloud9 and I blocked you. So you still stalk my Twitter, you still follow all the content, but you pretend like simple. No, no, the lady doth protest too much. I hate him. He's a bitch. Anyway, here's another reason I hate him. And here's another thing he said that I hate. We get it. We get it. Okay. No, what you, what's your thought on this, by the way? Well, actually, hold on. I want to make it's it obviously just drama, but I want to know what your take was. Oh, by the way, yeah, one yeah, last yeah. thing I would say is this. The one thing I do think is utterly fucked is that Simple, you'll notice. This is how you know, by the way. I'm not joking right now. This is how you know Simple is actually a fundamentally bad human being. Because anyone who knows my life, Semler, and Simple does, he's a massive fan of mine. You remember that Twitter thread I did in 2021 where I tell, like, the story of my life, where I start as an autistic boy who's just some loser nerd, and I go through all that period where I'm just a loser in the esports scene. Like, by the way, everyone in the esports industry was. We're all just losers and nerd outcasts from society trying to build our own little utopia because no one wants us including by the way all the women that were in the fucking world at the time and all the women in our lives didn't play the games none of them did we all asked them to by the way and even that they didn't want to they did that and so when I went and I scaled for the heights of the fucking media industry esports working for 20 years now every loser will tell you you would start at the beginning and somehow stuck around now it still doesn't work that way you moron by definition people at the beginning who do nothing become irrelevant and you don't know who they are what that means is I actually nailed it every year of my career for 21 years to still be relevant in 2022 I started in 2001 you fucking morons so I'm relevant in 2022 and so when someone knows that Semler but they're a piece of shit what they'll do is this oh I see that your job and your work is almost not even just like work for hire like those guys Joe Rogan at the beginning of the episode it's more like almost a mission and a drive and a quest so I'm going to tell everyone you don't even have a job or a mission and I'm going to lie that you're actually a homeless unemployed piece of shit and I'm just going to do that because that's actually the most evil thing I could say. And I hope for even a second, maybe it just hurts your feelings. That's too simple is, by the way. That's Have you noticed, by the way, that doesn't connect at all to how good he is at moving his cross set? It's almost irrelevant, isn't it? There's no connection. Exactly. It doesn't really, you know, character doesn't really have that kind of say. I mean, you notice, I never say that about him. I'll never claim it. He's just a shit player. They should, they should fire him from Narvi. It's never bad take, is it? Is it? No, and that's like you have to. Is this is this a case of having to separate the art from the artist in the sense that like he's going to perform in the server, and that's what we're really here to talk about? But everything else is kind of just extra fluff, bullshit drama. But this is again, this is again just one of those scenarios where it really is unfortunate because 
he should know better. He really should know better than to be, you know, spouting off in that way uh, just to get likes. Cause that's all I can think of is just the reason why it's because he tweets about you. Oh, he gets 10,000 likes. It gets to the front page of Reddit. Like they never point that out, Sembler. Have you noticed they never point that? You know, everyone religiously, the people who have 10 followers go on and on at me. Like you're, you only average 50 likes a post. Why would that be relevant when you average zero? I know you know There's what the matter yeah. is there, but you know, the ones who do that Sembler, have you noticed that they never mention? it's weird out. The tweets that Simple does about me average a lot more likes than just random like the posts he does. But remember, I'm irrelevant. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's it. <laughs> I like uh, our, our usual troll. Uh, actually, I just noticed our troll account here is here is here. Well, uh, Jiao Li Jiang, you know this one. Uh, his mental component is incredibly weak. You crying about being blocked by someone who claim who you claim is useless. Are you on crack or what? <laughs> so let's just one more time state the ultimate hilarity of the cell phone that Simple does this. By the way. Remember, I'm actually famous for being one of the biggest supporters of Simple's career. And in my job, I have genuinely wrote the majority of the important narratives, correctly characterizing who he is. But he's so stupid. He goes, yeah, you know, Matic, everything that guy said is wrong. That's the, f you're so stupid. <laughs> it's almost impossible to be as stupid as Simple. But he manages it just like, it's like, kind of like he is in the game. Just goat years after goat years of stupidity. No, but the back thing is, it's just that you can then fall back on misunderstood bad English law, you know, because that's the second follow up tweet to him, you know, so he always has that out where it, it's so, uh, it, it's, it's really that drives me crazy. You know why, Semler? If your English isn't that good, why are you going to tell me what I said? Exactly. You know what I mean? And by that's, the way, the don't ever make the mistake, I've done it a million times, of doing the tweet that's like, can people who don't speak English stop trying to like critique my English? Do you know what every reply will be? Yeah, but you don't speak Ukrainian. Oh, would that be relevant? Yeah, I should probably not have well, conversation in Ukrainian. In then. Right you know now. what? I think we agree. I won't have conversation in Ukrainian. You don't have conversation in English. Seems like we're taking care of it all. Yeah, it's pretty fucking easy, isn't it? But Bob's your uncle. I think we can just get on with life now. You can fuck right off. Now I can just continue living my life. It's weird how that works, isn't it? It's just different standards, you know, double standards. That's the that's the rule of the land on the social media. It's how it works, you know. So it really, it's like, so long as um, anything he does gets the attention that he does, that it does, right? He can do no wrong because he's a player. And so the players are held to different standards than anybody else. Well, in the they industry. are. And Even so, though the joke uh, is it should be the other way around. Like, he's the one who gets the $40,000 a month to click fucking heads. And then he wants to also be an arsehole. Like, come on, man. All I'll say is this, Sambler. The reason why it's whack is he's not even original on this. If you don't know, this is the go-to angle every hater that's a pro does. So I'll give you an example. One of the reasons why, till the end of time, it's fuck Nico for morning, noon, and lunch. <laughs> Fuck Nico. And here's why. Because Nico's done the same thing, mate. When they did that video, it was one of the betting companies did one of those videos with him where it was overrated, underrated. So you might remember famously, they ask him Carrigan and he says, right, even though this is years after when Carrigan's even been in Mouse and been beating him in FaZe. Remember, Mouse had a way worse lineup of players than FaZe. Nico still, because unlike Simple, he hasn't learned to lie. I mean, fair play to him, by the way, he shouldn't lie. He just openly says overrated because he just doesn't learn, right? So then they ask him Thorin. Now, he, obviously, he was going to say overrated for me. That goes out to him. But here's what's mental similar. He goes, for real, he goes, I've seen um, the way he tweets, and I'm just not a fan of his work. That's another thing they love to do, Samler. They pretend you've done 100,000 tweets. No, no, no. Here's the thing. The rest of you in the industry have done fuck all work on 100,000 tweets. I've done more work than anyone in history on esports and 100,000 tweets. It's almost like I'm doubly fucking amazing at this shit. So I'm better than you at Twitter and at interviews and at analysis and at fucking history and at writing and at doing video part. Fucking hell. Like, can we, they're almost running out of things I'm good at. Like, fucking hell. I might just start swimming or something, mate. Some shit I've never even done. 
Anyway, it can't all just be about me and people battling me on Twitter. So I'm like, what's next? Is there anything else in esports? It is interesting, though. It is interesting to see this keep happening over and over again, and it's so predictable how it keeps happening every time. And you can almost always predict the the arguments as well. You know, he's irrelevant. Oh, you know, he's just tell me when he has a job. It's like fucking snore. But uh, you know, it was just worth pointing out because I like the one thing that the one of the things that really uh, had me wondering for a quick second there is again, um, how do you post a picture of a DM between you? Are, and expect us to what? Like, are we mind readers? Do we do we do? Are we supposed to know that you know you're doing something in public, and we can only react to what happens in public? And so when you when you tweet something, it's like okay, fair enough. We can interact with that because we see it. How are we supposed to know that you have some private message going on in the back? And how can you how can you then post that as if it's some own you know like oh I shut these guys down? It's like what the fuck are you talking about? That's a totally different scenario. If we see that first, then we're reacting to that. It's a totally different thing. But that's in private. So how can we react to it? So once again, for you, first of all. If people haven't done something fucked up that somehow requires you to clear your name, why are you leaking DMs? Like, why am I seeing what Obo said in the DM? Why is that not cut out? So there's one thing. You violated Obo's privacy. Like, spoiler, if I'm Obo and I'm feeling at all bad, I don't think I will do a DM with you. It's going to become public, isn't it? Then secondly, I'll just say this, Semler, because it's kind of like what you said last week, but I, I I wasn't thinking that much of the conspiracy angle. You know, you said last week people are just doing it all for the likes and to be seen publicly. Here's an obvious question for you exactly if you're simple. Doing, yeah. If you're simple and you just did an awesome DM with him and he replied and it seemed like he'd like calm down why then do the public tweets oh you still yes, need to exactly. farm don't you You still need your attention yeah of course perfect no i could see it i could like ugh, i hate it I, Double dip. <laughs> my mind worked out because of that very scenario where i could literally see him just sending those dms afterwards and then being like look huh, i was dming him but they you know it's just uh whatever we can move on from the simple thing it was just worth pointing out he is actually i mean it's worth throwing in there now that he has arrived in copenhagen now he is going to be competing in the the remainder of the blast group and so uh, we'll see you know anyway it didn't even matter in the end it didn't even matter in the end because his team still topped the group and uh he's still got the best seed going into the uh, bracket or whatever it is and so you know simple he's just going to show up uh but uh let's talk a little bit about uh, another team out there and that is astralis and so there was a bit of news uh you know there was a bit of news that was coming up here and it was actually on yahoo places so not your usual esports source uh that you would go to to get information but apparently astralis are looking to sell their slot in the lec and so this this really gets me wondering like what the play is here if nicola nyholm is looking for his uh for his move to get out because if you sell this is 30 to 40 million bucks basically for this slot i mean what there was another team that just sold for that um, for that amount if i'm not correct last not year correct. the team that used to be schalke so the german football club sold their spot to bds the uh, i think they're french slash belgian org and basically they're they were actually the worst team this split <laughs> in fact last split as well they've been the worst team that these last I two splits I, I had the number here i thought it was 40 million though is what they sold for that's because there's another one coming up there's one coming up where heretics the spanish org is going to buy misfits y'all think right. of that so that hasn't happened yet though that's that hasn't happened split. Yet. that was the route and by the way there's also t a couple of details on this one the astralis one they are just looking to sell the slot the misfits one apparently they sold 80 percent of the slot and it'll be rebranded they keep 20 percent. and just now koi Ooh. who's like an erl team with a fit that famous spanish um caster ebay they're getting like 60 percent of the rogue spot and rebranding that so it's a big thing that's going on in lec the the shalke move last year sort of established that like these slots are worth more than the buy-in two or three times more at the moment and any teams that want to get out this is when you get out because when people are ready to buy and so obviously the key thing here is the astralis angle right so should we get into it 
we should get into it because I mean it is worth pointing out you, you nailed one of the key elements there which is you, what you have to do here is this there's two ways you can look at this one is the way every CSGO fan's going to look and I'll, all I'll say is this it's just a bit naive and a bit overly optimistic the naive CSGO fan goes like this if they sell for 30 or 40 million fuck imagine the players they could buy with that the problem with that becomes do the current owners want to make a big CSGO team and pivot in that way? Or as you said, I think what you said at the end is the part people need to look at. This is exactly where, if you were someone who cynically made Astralis, remember you even initially claimed it was a player-owned team. Wasn't, of course, in the meaningful sense of that, in terms of who has the most shares and stuff. But okay, you made a player-owned dog, you built it up. Think about this, it was only made in like 2016, similar. It's 2022 now, you've had the heights of the CSGO team. Spoiler, it'll never be as good as that again, because it's the greatest team of all time, and you know we're close to win the major then in League of Legends you had like a good team but not a great one and that just didn't work out so then you went with budget rosters for like two years similar just bad lineups nobody players people didn't want and you were always finishing like outside of the playoffs you were a bad team so what you do is this now similar if you sell your LEC spot for 30 40 million euros the buy-in of the LEC slot was only something like 10 or 11 million so you've already made like 20 30 million off that, then even if we take out the costs of running Origin and running um, fucking Astralis, the team in League of Legends, let's say that's a couple million more. So let's say now you're at like 35 million profit, 25 million profit. Why would you then invest that again? Because here's the detail you guys won't know. Last year, a guy who follows Danish esports, because what's good about it is I collect nutters who like are just little weird guys who want to actually run down things that no one else wants to put hours into. And this guy just follows all the Danish news, right? And what he did was he sent me a report that was about the Danish uh, stock market, right? And Astralis is going to bring up. And what he said was this. He said, if you look at the way the rules work around the stock, when you start, it's like it's like it's a bit like if you get equity in a company assembly. If they're smart, they don't give it to you up front. They give you it yes, sort of vests over time. time. Yeah. Exactly. So the classic time obviously usually is three or four years because you want to keep someone in the project that long. You don't want them to just, as he could have when the CSGO team at their top, sell for like five times what it was worth and then leave with the money instantly. And then whoever buys, it's like, well, what have I got? So the premise goes this. He said, not only did he have to wait something like four years, from going public to sell spoiler that's this year but then secondly he even said if you look up Nikola Nyholm's average length of time with each of his companies it's about four years and this was his fifth year in Astralis now his sixth so all you need to do is just go do a little equation two plus two equals four underscore and then he leaves with the fucking loot that just looks like it's time for him to either leave or the main this is the perfect cash out time is the problem because yes. the thing is you are right <laughs> obviously you could just take loads of that profit and re-up your csgo team but the question is did you were you were you was this all about fattening the pigs so you could sell it i, I get yeah, the vibe it was it. I mean, you have to wonder. They they need a, they need a huge uh, injection as well of of money because their stock has just been plummeting pretty much in freefall since it since it went. There was a couple of spikes up here and there, but uh, it's as low as it's ever been pretty much right now uh, on the on the stock market. So if you're a fan and you don't get that, like, what do you mean? Oh, because the team's bad. No, no. Even when the team was really good, it was low. Because think about it, right? Yes. What are you buying the stock for? You're not buying the stock going. But if they win the next major, no, no, no. If what that wouldn't make the stock go up. That's not the way it works. Like I don't think people get the stock market's about the business the health of the business and how much future it's got and by the way what that market is telling you is no one believes that they have no confidence in Astralis the company so this is also by the way why if you can make 20 to 30 million euros profit you just get the fuck out right now that that is the steal of the century if you're in the position Astralis is right now because as I say Sam, it's only downhill in CSGO now you're never getting back to those heights and no, you need is, a healthy investment again to get back there wouldn't you? you need a few million 
Exactly. This is the I think this is the game all along. And so you're if you're a shrewd if you're a shrewd player in the esports space, this is why I think Nikola Nyholm, instead of holding on to Blast, because again, remember he had to take it he had to Absolutely. avoid the conflict of interest in the past. Yes. And so he had a choice between sticking with Blast or sticking with Astralis. He chose to stick with Astralis, and I think it's for this very reason. It would be the best chance possible with these slots and just being able to sell brands and sell teams in general. Uh, this is the play. And to get massive investments, you know, this is the play is to hold on to the team and find something that you can then and just you know parlay into a big cash dump and then boogie boogie i think that's exactly what that's exactly what is happening uh, especially considering the stock has plummeted there's no faith they have 80 employees in astralis as oh, of 2021 don't forget if those employees. employees are in denmark you can imagine how crazy the fucking laws and all the things you have to do and all the time off you have to get oh me that's that, this is what people don't stop and think about similar if i have my company in czech republic like entropic i have way easier time competing against astralis my margins no, are down yeah exactly like i like actually i have a competitive advantage over them so it's also going to be really costly to run a business like that of course yeah Dude, it's, I mean, that's why you have certain organizations that are able to make a profit in esports and certain organizations that have actually had to, to move all of their operations almost. I mean, oh, ESL similar relocated to Poland. Fuck, I've just realized, right? Don't edit this because it's by the numbers. We don't do editing, really. We don't make it like content. Okay. But I did miss the great joke I should have said earlier. Here's okay. the joke I should have told you. So you know when you said that Semler is even at Blasty, instead he was off in Dubai and he was part of your boom itch. And it's like... Also, how cheeky are you? What are you doing fucking partying when you're supposed to be doing your job while you're still getting paid? Who the fuck are you? The Finnish Prime Minister. Not bad. Okay. You're going to have to do a drug test now. Make sure, Topical. you know, maybe there was some. Uh, well, I mean, dude, it looked like those parties were pretty frisky there with Morgan Stern and Boomich in Dubai. So, you know, a lot of uh, champagne getting popped and also, uh, who knows? Uh, you know, you got to stay sharp. Got to stay sharp for those travel days. Uh, but, you know, that's a bit of the Astralis news that was coming up. Uh, so, I mean, that is a part of the Astralis news, because obviously there is the, if we want to zero in on the CSGO team, there's yes. some more news around Astralis. So Astralis looks like they're selling their LEC slot, 30 to 40 mil probably coming in, probably going to see Nihon book it after a bit here. And then, you know, that's, that's the lay of the land there. But as far as the actual CSGO team is, uh, doing, uh, it's a disaster. Uh, they have, fa well, that's the crazy thing. And this, again, I maybe fortifies the argument that there's just two, there's two parallel worlds. There's parallel worlds in Counter-Strike. Yeah. You have the actual elite tier top invite team kind of Counter-Strike that you play and that Astralis turns out can play pretty well in because they top their group at Blast. Best of ones, fair enough, but they still top their group at Blast. So you have that world. And then you have the world of online qualifiers where innumerable pros and coaches and analysts have said that it's a total disaster, cutthroat, chaotic scene where you never know how you're going to do. It's incredibly competitive. It's incredibly difficult to make, to, to continue to show good results in an online qualifier sphere. And while Astralis, they, they continue to show that that is the case. Third one in a row now. They've, there's four qualifiers possible for the EU RMRs. <laughs> they just bailed. They bailed out of the third one. But some of these are people you've never heard of, guys. Some of these are nobodies. No, that's the, that is the mad thing is when you're when you're getting into actually like how how these groups worked out. I mean, they're losing to guys like Neon Rangers. It's like, what even is that? What's going on here? That was open qualifier number two. Open qualifier number three, which was the recent one, was a was a team called Los Cogutos. Ne Neon Rangers sounds like a team that wouldn't even be allowed to attend a tournament in the Middle East. There you go. <laughs> dude, dude, your Andrew Tate jokes have been pretty fire. Oh, they've been pretty banging, I know. Pretty <laughs> I've, been, I've been loving that. 
we got to include some of those there because obviously got to got to give a shot to see this goalie. What you're talking my about? Favorite, my, one oh, he's doing a really good job. Up. Yeah, it's way, it's way right better. Now. I mean, my comment was legit because basically the joke was, you know, everyone right now is posting obviously all those same joke about the Andrew Tate guy. Where what you do is you just post like Andrew Tate was banned from you know my Twitter now or whatever. So he actually did one of the only funny ones where he did instead. He thought through what's a different scenario and instead he was like Andrew Tate hired for like DreamHack that's going to be in like the Middle East or whatever. Now what the joke I added was the the real punchline is that's less offensive than the reality of who owns ESL to women. Logically, it is, of course. But then I also said, to think about the way the esports industry works, He, it, it would be the end of the world to hire this guy to work as a desk host. But if he just bought ESL for a billion, no one would have a problem. Never would work for him. It's almost like there's a bunch of double standards and a bunch of people who are fake. Don't really know what they're talking about. How that it? Works out, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? Also, uh, I mean, it is... I, I have a little rant, though. You brought it up, because when you bring it up, you, you nailed it, Sam. Like, you've got the take that I have, basically. Right? Look, there is a level. It's a bit like the online era in general. In the online era, fans of this show will know, I always used to stress, like, when the vitalities of the world were amazing online, but on LAN, but then they were bad initially on LAN, online, and famously, Mouse and Fnatic had the same problem, where they just fell off super hard, and they were never good online. Right? When that happened, I always used to say this. The problem is this. It's twofold. You are both right and wrong if you fail and you think e uh, online is worth nothing. Because the problem is, by definition, it's not worth nothing. When it's the online era, it's the only thing that's worth anything, I'm afraid. We had no lands. So even though it does suck and it's way worse, and it's totally different, and it's, it is almost like an alternate dimension where up is down, left is right. But at the same time, if that's the only world you're in, if you want to be a pro still, you've got to get results. But I'm essentially saying I have a lot of sympathy for you. I know it's totally shit compared to LAN. I know it's so different, the split circumstances. I know the teams play 10 times more confidence and the randoms. It's a BO1. You don't know who this opponent is. Then he's watching your straight. All the, I know all those factors. But at the end of the day, if that is the only thing that is available to play, you've got to compete still. You've got to find a way to win. So it's the same thing with Astralis, Right. Does Australis need to get to the major? Of course they do. It's enormous for every single team to be at the World Championship and to have a good run there. So it will be really important for their careers. But this is utter bullshit to just play these massive open qualifiers against randoms and be all... Yeah, that is utter bullshit. Like, spoiler, it isn't just Astralis. That's why I've made it. It's not just that Astralis is bad. Therefore, that's why they fail. Because as you've said, Semler, that doesn't make any sense if you look at the lands. So before the player break, they were top four at fucking IEM Cologne, one of the biggest tournaments of the year. Then you could go, maybe the player break room. But they didn't know, did they? Because after the player break, they came to Blast. And as Semler just pointed out, they won their group. By the way, not the easiest group or anything. Like, there's some good teams in that group. They won their group they won it outright guys beating some of the best teams in the world so now they come to online play by the way right after that blast off or during it even and they bomb all these random games against nobody's spoiler there are loads of teams could bomb these fucking qualifiers like i said on twitter and you know it's a lot of coaches like that fucking tweet mate that is a scenario where if i if you took the top 16 placed teams from pgl antwerp and put them all in the beginning of a massive online qualifier i would my actual guess if i had asked how many make it through out of 16 i would say 11 11 or 12 i think i think you would have at least four or five would just fall like this randomly seemingly randomly and then they'd go to the next line and they'd be good again then yeah. spoiler back in the days what Virtus Pro used to do all the fucking time they online yeah. they couldn't win a game then they go to the major and be like semis challenging yes, whoever exactly. won the majors like three maps or something and you'd be like how can those be the same guys it's like no it's, the real question mate is who the fuck were the other guys that were playing that's the variable they're the same 
The point is, it's in a different scenario. So, yeah, to me, I think a lot of this is a storm and a teacup. Like, it's not in the sense that if they don't make the major, that is obviously an enormous part of their story. But it's a storm and a teacup in the sense that I think people are implying, like, because they've lost these qualifier games, they're a bad squad fundamentally. And I assume the implication is you better change players or whatever. In fact, people were even already scouting for drama. Like, they were like, apparently there's some ESEA bug where, like, Farley's fucking profile flipped to, like, the Copenhagen Flames logo. So they were all, like, trying to be like, the truth is out. Oh my god, he's going back to Copenhagen Flames. By the way, guys, even if he left the Strahlers, why the fuck would he go to Copenhagen Flames? One, he wasn't even on Copenhagen Flames. I don't know why I was saying that even. He was on a different team, wasn't he? He wasn't on Tricked. And then two, that's the team that just said, like, you can have everything. I'll suck your dick for five dollars because I haven't got any money. Yeah. They've just been saying for like a year, please buy everything, please. Must fire sale, must go by Tuesday. And then you're like, ah, you know what? Don't tell anyone this, but. I reckon he's trying to get his way in the Copenhagen flip. Like, what are you talking about? Why is CS Go so <laughs> stupid at all? It's so whack, isn't it? <laughs> None of it fucking makes sense. That is such a banger reference, though, to bring back the old VP, because that is so true. They were the you ultimate, weren't they? They could yeah. not, life of them, win an, an online game. Yep. Just couldn't do it. And then they'd go on LAN and just bash everybody. It was awesome. Yeah, totally different. That was really when you were just like, there's a really big difference between LAN and online. And I mean, that still continues today. I mean, you got players like Rain who disappeared during the online era. Oh, no, but then, hey, exactly. you get back onto LAN, all of a sudden, fucking major MVP. You know, guess what? <laughs> Turns out that you can have different environments where teams uh, shine. And uh, well, this is just one of those cases. I mean, the way that this, I mean, it's just, it's just a brutal sort of scenario for teams like Astralis who have to go through these RMRs, who have to go through these qualifiers and still compete at the same time. Cause then you have no time to decompress. You have no time to really kind of try and work your way through and improve on things because you're still playing in blast. And actually that was the major storyline. That's that was pretty kind of wild in itself, isn't it? Think about this logically for the company Astralis making the majors, the biggest goal of the entire year. You want that exposure yes. in theory. If it was up to you, you'd book out like the whole space around this qualifier. You'd have like nothing before you'd have them all prepping just for these games. Like you say, afterwards you'd have like sort of like a fucking breakdown period where they can chill and then go, you wouldn't have another tournament, like a land going on. That they're traveling to at the same time. That's the worst idea possible, but that is the CS goal circuit. Still, that's the world we still live in we're blasting ESL. There's another angle to this as well, by the way, Semler, which is this is why people don't go and make teams themselves like Gorillas slash Titans, like Astralis, like the fucking uh, Oplano. Here's, in fact, Oplano's the best example because you remember that lineup where they didn't sign with MIBR and they held out and bought themselves out with their contracts and they went and it took them nine months, Semler, to get like an org. When they did get an org, most of them had already been cut or were immediately benched in the next few months and now the job is that team is zero zero nation? There's none of them on there. Not, they're not even those players aren't even on that team anymore. In fact, they had to go. The biggest joke of all is KNG's gone back and made another no plan. Oh, it's even called We Have a Plan. This cunt never has a plan. Yeah, this is like the opposite of fucking Hannibal. Straight fight reference if you know the 80s A team there, but whatever. Because <laughs> Hannibal loves it when a plan's come. I don't know why I'm explaining fucking jokes. If you don't get him, you don't get him. <laughs> so anyway, here's the point I was going to break it back to. That's a, that's the reason that analogy is a brilliant one is this. Or Plano's lineup was better than what MIBR got to replace them. But do you know why I'd way rather be an MIBR similar? Because I already have all the league spots. If I'm in MIBR, I'm in Blast, mate. I'm in ESL. Like, I'm partnered with them because I'm MIBR. That's an area, by the way, where if you watch the next few years, I think that's going to get worse. I think you're going to see very few new orgs ever made. Because if you make a new org, even if your org was the Na'Vi lineup, you have to start at the beginning of all these qualifiers. You have to literally get into... To even get into a Blast, for example, you have to go through that showdown. You know in the showdown, sometimes you just have to play, like, Gambit or Heroic in, like, a best of three. Otherwise, you just don't even get there, like... 
So you have to be like the top, the fifth best team in the world to go to a top eight. You know what I mean? Like none of it makes, the problem is the industry is designed. This is how cartels work so that the biggest companies work together to not only help themselves succeed, but keep everyone else out. That's the whole premise of the Louvre agreement. That's the whole premise of being a blast partner. So the problem is this, you're going to go, yeah, but I'm a sick player. So maybe I'll make my own company and battle you guys. You think they've just been sat there going, well, we didn't plan for that at all. Shit. I guess we're just fucked. You just oh, take yeah, the whole industry. Yeah. No, they go, oh, well, go ahead, have a good time though. Enjoy your plan, and then they sit back in MIBR, and you're all laughing. You're going, ah, stupid MIBR. They don't have as good players. Yeah, but you know what? You see, you see MIBR at the tournaments, don't you? You don't see your plan all because they were shit, and. They also had to go through these nightmare online qualifiers, which I do. I just think like people don't realize it. Essentially, it's like I'll give you a quick analogy, and then we'll close it at that. It's like what actually someone once said to me about when I battle people on Twitter. They said it's not that you're wrong and that you're not winning. They just said like it's like if a boxer just agreed to fight like a hundred people in a row, even if he's the best boxer ever, he's going to lose eventually. Someone guy's going to land a random punch. He's going to be tired. It's going to you know like that's the problem with online qualifiers. You've got to win like all these games in a row versus randoms. Like they just puts too much variance in there's a reason why pro teams have coaches and analysts and study each other and you're trying to make all the variants go away this just pumps it up that's the thing it's the game within the game and that's why we say that's why we start the segment off saying that there's a two pair there's a parallel uh scene going on essentially you've got the pros that are constantly invited and so they're playing against each yep. other and they're playing their own game at this point you don't know what's going on in the scrims you don't know what other what they're what they're what little details they're picking up on from online matches from land matches what are the tendencies what are their analysts telling them what are their coaches telling them so it's it is just a completely different game because they're maybe reacting in a way to a strategy that they saw two lands ago and they're like oh shit okay hold on this combination of smokes and flashes just went off this is what's going to happen because we saw it right when you're going in against a team like Los Cogudos and your Astralis, you have no fucking idea what's coming at you. You have no idea what, like, it is the purest pug. And so weren't we talking about this a couple of weeks ago? We were talking about how if you were to go into matchmaking, even even as a pro, like, eventually you would lose just because you're going to have yes. this pug atmosphere where you can have some crazy players come alive and just hit nothing but headshots, the most ridiculous wide peaks, doesn't matter. And even if you're the best team in the world, you could still lose. And that's, that's what the Astralis are finding themselves in now. Now, what you say, though, is really interesting, or at least, you know, obviously the uncharitable side of me says that uh, this is Astralis getting some some special treatment per se, because there is overlap between Blast and uh, the qualifiers. There is overlap between the RMR qualifiers and Blast. Uh, that was what was the interesting storyline going into this, is that there are four online qualifiers that are open qualifiers for everybody to attempt to, to join. But uh, Astralis could only compete in three of them because the fourth one overlapped with their Blast group. And so there was a little bit of additional pressure on Astralis. You're thinking, yeah. oh shit, they get it done in three. And so when they lost this one, I think that's also a big reason why everybody was like, holy shit, they lost. Because if you're familiar with the narrative, this was their last chance because there's overlap with Blast. But it looks like there's going to be uh, some leniency here because uh, uh, Flying DJ has come out from ESL and said that they, are, that they are working together with Blast to make sure that there's no uh, overlap between Blast and the RMR. Now, Astralis, they only have to play one best of three because of the seed, because they won their group. They only really have to play on one day on the 27th. If they win that match, that's it. They play that match and they're good. If they lose that match, then they have to play on the 28th with a Sunday. So all of a sudden their Blast thing becomes two. So I don't know if they've accounted for that or if there's even more pressure on Astralis to just get it done on the 27th now because that... Because the RMR runs through the whole weekend, Friday to Sunday. 
So I don't know how they're going to manage to get around whatever conflicts uh, of timing there are, how Astralis are going to be able to play these or not. But apparently that's what's happening is that they're going to try and figure out the schedule so that Astralis can, can compete in the qualifier as well as play out their match and blast. So what do you is think you about that? Do you think I'm this trying is to check. Or do you think that this where was where was this stuff from the flying DJ? I can't see where this info is, mate. Uh, here, it's um. Like, was it today? Did it? It's in the document. Flying. I'm uh, I'm mousing over it right now. Ah, okay, right, okay. Ah, oh, see, right. Let me just check what the date was on it. Yeah, because this was this morning. This oh, it's today. Right, that's the point yeah. I want to check. Because here's no, the actually, problem. Hold on. No, 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 no. My mistake. My mistake. The tweet was. No, it's from days ago, mate. That this was, was from, yeah uh, three days ago, twenty first. So basically, when this came through. Right, that's not as bad then. I thought that I thought this was after they failed the last one because obviously that would be mega egregious if it's essentially like you're changing the rules just for Astralis. Right, like that's, if the, it's, that's the least charitable way to look at it. Yeah, if it, if it, I mean, as far as I can tell, if this is on the twenty first, like they already would have played some of the other games anyway. Like they hadn't failed all the qualifiers, right? Like one of them was yesterday, wasn't it? So they can't have failed them all that time. So I think that's fine in that sense. I do agree though. Would this have changed if it was someone who wasn't Astralis who was playing it? I don't know about that. I'm, I am a little bit skeptical. I mean, the problem here, if people don't know, this is part of the issue here, is the leader of Astralis, Nikola Nyholm, was the one who led the Louvre Agreement, like a, a, like a group of teams against ESL. So it's almost like you're just trying to make that guy fucking like you more, isn't it? Like, come on, man, it's just fucking boring, the esports industry, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's that's just the thing. So it looks like we we will actually get the, to have Astralis competing at Blast as well as they'll get a fourth crack at qualifying. But oh, I mean, this goes without saying, I actually hope they qualify. Well, go ahead. I mean, I do hope they qualify. Like you, you obviously want all the top sixteen there if you can. Of course, I mean, dude, Astralis right now, like if we, if, you know, HLTV rankings, they're ranked fourth in the world right now. You can't have that team not making it to the EURMR. Uh, and like I said like on Twitter. And Blame F is just one of the best players in the world. You've got to have all the best players in the major if you can. Well, the funny thing is, would obviously be like, uh, well, one of these teams, all of a sudden we have invites to the RMR. <laughs> you know, it'd be like the classic, uh, you know, oh, well, VP didn't make it. So, uh, online. you know, I actually was talking about this yesterday when I, or two days, really? yeah, yesterday I did my show with Monty, the betting one that's what you preview. Yeah. And so I explained to him that premise basically of like that Carmack used to just magically find like a new way every pro league season that VP could re qualify. Like, you know, it started as like it was like a relegation that was like, oh, but if they get relegated automatically, then they're down out of the league. Ah, relegation play off match and then you remember they were even doing stuff like magically when they had when they lost the relegation playoff match that was the season similar where magically like a small org just dropped out and then they were like oh i guess we'll have to have a playoff to get back in there it's like the joke was at the end like they were just gonna have like right i tell you what it's gonna be all decided by this final thing uh, whichever teams first the na first name starts with the last letter of the alphabet so Z, V, Virtus Pro, you are back in the league. Like it, it was so, it was so transparent, wasn't it? It was like they were just going to do any anything they needed to reverse engineer them being back. It's that's the same vibe. I know what you well, mean. It's the same I vibe. Because I'd actually low key forgotten of just about how deep they were going with VP. Now that I remember, it, it's like holy shit, that's right. They were really bending over backwards. Oh, you know, because our series gets a bad rap with Navi, how they would literally do anything they could to make sure Navi goes deep in their tournament. But now it's like. Uh, you know, like they're not alone, See, right? One league. This was the maddest one. I have to go back and make a video because this could be an amazing video following it, right? There was even one year fans. This is the best one of all where VP did get relegated. So they just expanded Pro League by like two slots and put them back in us. But like something actually mental like that all played off for the last two spots. So it's like they really were just going to do anything they needed. <laughs> it's so mad. So it's a crazy, oh, you know, it's just, it just continues. It just continues. So Ulrich, he's out there just, you know, uh, they gave him his Twitter account back and he's out there uh, 
getting after it and clearing things up. And um, well, I think now this is probably a good segue into the next uh, topic. So we have Astralis and well, you know, one of the members uh, who happened to be on Astralis's device. But before we talk about device, I wanted to just go ahead and say real quick uh, to um, leave a review. If you've been enjoying it, if you're, especially if you're listening on iTunes, if you're listening on Spotify, we have the podcast up there now. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, awesome. Leave a thumbs up, leave a comment, leave a comment, leave a review wherever you happen to be, because it does really help obviously push the algorithms. You know, the gods must be fed. And so uh, we really do need uh, uh, you guys to leave a comment or a review. It goes a long way. So if you've made it this far, really cool. Super happy that you guys are tuning in like this. And uh, well, let's get into it. So device. We got a story coming out on this one where it is kind of like something that we've known in the backside. Well, it's not known. It's just speculation and everybody's speculated so much, but it's like, oh, he's playing a lot of FPL games. He's playing a lot of online games. He's really getting the, the hours in, but we're not seeing him play any officials and Nip aren't making any noise. Nip aren't making any noise about it. But uh, Jackson has come out, Jackson.gg. Uh, they've come out with an article saying that... Um, According to sources now, so we're starting to get into it where Nip have apparently started to try and shop device around for a six-figure buyout fee, which uh, reportedly is around, uh, allegedly is around 600000 is the number that's getting thrown around, which kind of lines which up with... It's very similar to what he probably was sold for in the first exactly. place. We already, we already covered that on the lab by the numbers at the time. Basically, that million dollars you kept hearing in the press sounds like that was just a sexed up number, and actually it was probably more like just over half of that. Yeah, just around seven hundred. Uh, or, or at least what's mad similar. I want to get your take on this because I also discussed okay. this actually. By the way, this was actually something I discussed also with Monty on the show yesterday because I had a funny analogy that I won't go into now. Basically, if anyone knows that all star game thing last year where Kevin Durant refused to pick James Harden because at the time James Harden had demanded a trade and he was going to be traded to another team, right? So Kevin Durant, his teammate, was like, basically, like, if you're not going to play with him, Martin, I'm not just letting you go to another team and picking you for the all star game. So, anyway, my point was that's what it's like with device, right? Because here's the weird thing, similar. There is a take that is very popular in esports right now that I think is mad. And you know what the take is? This is the take, Semler. It's like, well, who the fuck would possibly sign him? What? He'll just sit out and be. Do we even know he's good anymore? Those are real takes, bro. Yeah. I actually have, I, to be fair, I actually have a little bit of a side, but it's not because whether he's good or good or not, because I think Device is always going Maybe. to be good. It's whether or not you can trust him. Because to me, this is one of those things where, like, there's so much that's weird about this whole Nip situation, how it all went down, and then this this radio, this complete radio silence for both teams and players. Uh, there's the speculation as to what actually happened behind the scenes that led to this disaster of a scenario, and then the the whole question after that is just kind of like, okay, you if you like, do you trust Device not only to bring the heat in the game, which I think it's fair to say you should be able to trust him to do that, but not to to be reliable as a teammate. Or, or is this is this sort of thing going to happen again where he may not be reliable and you could get you could go because look at Nip like do you want to be an org in the future that's going to go down this path of saying of putting it all out on the line the way Nip did where they said like this is the biggest signing in history they put their credit they put their their brand on the line saying like listen we're going to make moves and we are really making moves now because we're picking up a four time major opera you know like this this is uh, this is a huge play from Nip and it just completely blew up in their faces and they're left looking like fools almost. Like, do you want to take that risk as an org by picking up device or do you want to play it safe with somebody else? Um, that's that's kind of where I was like, I'm not really sure what the what the lay of the land is here for device. And if that actually is a reason why we're not seeing him get snapped up immediately, because if, I mean, if it's been months that they've been shopping him around, you'd think that a player of device's caliber teams would be uh, you know chomping at the bit to get him. But if he's not finding anybody you know going into this major, like it could very well mean that we don't see device for the rest of the year. Like we just could because the majors got the major cycles coming up. Nobody's going to want to make big changes going into the major. 
And then you have, what, a couple of tournaments after the major, and that's going to be it for the year. So it may very well be that we run out the rest of this year and Device just doesn't see any pro play at all going into next year. But the way, yeah, that's that's kind of where I was like speculating. I'm like, which org is actually going to want to take the risk of relying him on him as a star? Or do you just try and sign him quietly and just not make a big deal out of it and say like, hey, we're picking up Device and, uh, you know, uh, let's let's see how it pans out. I don't know. What's what are your thoughts on this whole situation? I know what you mean. As in, if I was just like a complete outsider and I had no information, yeah, obviously you worry about the fact that like how many months is he going to sit out for, and it's just something indeterminate and vague like mental health. So the problem is that essentially, as far as I can tell, is until a doctor, which I don't know why they would, or device himself says mental health problems over, it's just never over. And as you say, at any moment that genie can be invoked and just has to happen again. And spoiler. Since Device lives in fucking, well, he's now playing for a Swedish team and he lives in Denmark, those are countries which, like I said earlier about court, they're a nightmare if you have these fucking employees. Like, they're even legally allowed by the law with a doctor's note for vague things. It is to take months and months and months off. Apparently, if it's more than a certain period of time, you know, it's like a reduced salary. But you still get money for doing nothing. still get money for just sitting around. And the problem in that case is that essentially it could be faked, couldn't it? We're not saying it is, but it could be. And if it could be, spoiler, <laughs> as the coach book should show you, in esports, people will do anything they fucking want to win and get money. They have no morals, they have no principles. It's just, can you stop them and can you police them? And so since this, by definition, cannot be policed, yeah, I have a concern not just about device, but the bigger world, by the way, mate. Like, by the way, Simple himself almost just did this. He was about to take his little break. I think that'll become a common trend, mate. Except here's the thing, fans. It won't happen when the team's actually really good. And if they, no, no, what happened is the second it's like a team they don't like or they're having a bad slump of results, then instead of sitting around and taking all the criticism, you'll just see these stars just whip off for three months, fuck off to the Maldives, even probably some of them, little consoles, play FPL in the background, have fun with their mates. They'll get off their salary or, or if they're really lucky, their whole salary, like I imagine Simple probably did. And then they'll just come back whenever they feel like it and they'll play God with more of people's money. So here's the issue I have with this topic, right? I actually don't worry about that in this sense because here's how I speculate and put together the pieces. First of all, unless I somehow knew from a source within NIP that Device like explicitly refused to come back to the lineup, maybe even had some sentiment of like, you know, the players aren't good enough for me or this wasn't what I was promised. If he did that somehow, and I heard that in the industry, and yeah, if I'm another org, maybe I'd just let you take him. You take the gamble. I'm not going to risk he does that to me. But I haven't got that vibe. Like if I had to guess personally, remember what I said previously when I, when we reported, I was told this, that, uh, that Device and, and Valde go to Astralis, whereas instead all these are Valde went to Ents. And now maybe Device goes elsewhere, which is the key point of the story. It's not just Astralis, that's the destination. The, th the thing is, when I reported that information... So I fuck reported. I didn't report it. I just heard it, right? When I heard that information and reported it to you, people who watch this show, my point is, and this is a key element. Oh, fuck, where was I going with this? Wait there a second. Let me just think. What was the point I was trying to make there? Let me think. Oh, that was right. One of the reasons I was told he definitely goes back to us, because I was saying to them, like, come on, bro, why is he going back to Astralis? I want to go to another team. They told me not only did he want to be back in Denmark, but the other detail was that even though it was denied, it was pretended it was coincidental. The only reason he joined Nip was that fucking influencer, Amelia Holt, who was his public girlfriend. Yes. They told me for real that was the only reason, and that was yes. maybe even like some sort of like save the relationship bold move, and that caused yes. it blew up in his face like a month later or something, that from a month within he obviously was was feeling down and feeling depressed and feeling like why am i here and why did i give that up exactly. so the, pro the problem with that is i can totally see how that could affect your mental health remember the other thing people forget with device which you do always have to shade in is he does have that get right style like 
problem with his bowels or some sort of digestion problem, which that wrecks those guys when they're in periods of stress, if you don't know. So I can imagine around the major, he's probably super stressed out about Nip not being as good as they should be at the major and they're in Sweden and all. Also, remember, they almost didn't make the major. They almost failed in the fucking round of eight, if you remember that match. So there's a million factors I could say did stress him and would make this so that like, Unlike other circumstances, here's the difference, Sam. If I sign him now, he hasn't got that girl problem. He's not coming to my country to play because there's a good, you know. So, in my opinion, I could look at it and say maybe I'm different because I think personally, this is the ultimate time to sign device. He's had all the time off he needs. He's also, by the way, a player. This is something else people don't mention who never had time off before, except back in like 2017 when he was that time when he was really ill. He never, it, people forget this, Semler. Even though he's the guy who has the condition that like flares up every now and then, he wasn't the guy in 2020 who took the bricks. That was Glavin Zipnix. He stayed in the lineup losing with Juggy and all those fucking guys. He was playing with Essatag when they won Pro League, etc. without Glavin and all that. Mate, this guy never took his bricks. So I also get why when he finally gets his break, he's like, you know what, actually. If I come back, it's not going to win in a major. Fuck it, my, my break goes as long as I need to. It's keeping going then. Because maybe, by the way, there was also maybe an element of that. If you're a player like Device, I've always thought personally, he doesn't understand that being in Australia your whole career with that core is like having the silver spoon in your mouth. You don't know how bad it can get, mate. You always think you just rebound and go to the top again. Well, here's the problem. When he comes to Nip and like that lineup he was in functionally was capped, it wasn't going to win a major. It wasn't going to win big tournaments. It needed big, big changes like an IGL, another piece. In that scenario, maybe he did just think, right, well, now that I know. I'm not here for the other reason. Well, fuck, I don't want to be here for this team. So I'll tell you what, upgrade the team and maybe I'll join. Maybe they wouldn't want to. Maybe they don't want to make the moves he wants to make. Who the fuck knows? So my problem is, I personally think... One, because he's been so consistent over his career, I'm not worried about his skill level. I think he'll get his skill level back in a month or two. I bet, I bet if he starts playing again in three months after playing, he's as good as he ever was. I would say yeah. that would happen. So I actually think, bear in mind, he speaks amazing English and is incredibly decorated and a super smart author. I think he's a mega player. Like, I, if I'm some of the big teams in the world, I would be going for this guy. Sounds like they're not. It sounds like it's going to be... An, oh, and there's the one last detail to mention. I don't know if it's actually Device's fault that he's been out the last few months. Because remember, it was back in May when I said the story about maybe he goes to Astralis. It's now August. You know what that suggests to me? Well, think of the Astralis story we talked about earlier. I don't think Astralis wants to spend millions, mate. I think they definitely don't want to spend what they gave, what Nip gave them. Dude, that was like 600 kit. That's gone. That's gone. They don't have that anymore. Yeah, so if I had to guess, I would guess they either were trying to nickel and dime, as Nick and Lyholm would, trying to nickel and dime Nip, or they just couldn't get the money together that Nip wanted. Like, remember, Nip's just bought Brawlan as well. I imagine Nip wants some fucking money for device, so they just want to give him away for free. So if I had to guess, it sounds to me, if you put it all together, like maybe Charles isn't the team, and maybe he's going to where wherever someone will pay him. There was actually a really cool tweet, and I think I saw you interact with it as well, where some guy was kind of speculating as to where he could go. And if you were to if you were to take uh, Nitro and OC out and put oh, him, put him in Team Liquid, and Liquid yes. like what a fucking crazy roster sick, that would it? be. That would be a nuts roster. Elise, Naf, Yakinder, Device, and Alexi B on Liquid. Like that would be the power play. Dude, that Liquid can win tournaments, that lineup. Yeah, that's yeah, legit. Liquid got the money as well to make that kind of play happen. So that could be uh that could be some speculation. I mean, I think I think you're bang on the money, my dude. I think you're you're really there. Cause like you, you have to keep in mind, like, there is some stuff that it seems like we know. There's also stuff that's just pure speculation as to what's going on in the background or like what led to all this. But what we do seem to know is that yes, it was like he, <laughs> you know. It, it may very well be exactly as you describe it, where he made he made the play as some hero savior like relationship saving move. It blew up in his face, and then he finds himself in Stockholm alone, you know, on a team that he doesn't want to be on. And it's just at that point, you know, total disaster, and it all falls apart. And then 
maybe by that point, you know, it's like Nippers just all, they've already moved on. They've got a roster. Hampus keeps coming on an interview saying like, hey, listen, we're happy with this roster. We want to make it work. And all of a sudden, there's just no room for him to get back onto that top or onto the main roster anymore. And you got to think about how to move him around uh, and maybe get some of that money back. Uh, Six hundred thousand dollars, you know, for the for the asking price, it seems like uh, to get the device off of his contract or to get him onto your team. I mean, we were talking about that for a while that he may join Astralis, but like that. I mean, the other one that was kind of floating around. I don't know if there's anything uh, to it. Well, no, I don't know. It's just pure speculation. But like, imagine putting Cadian on a rifle roll and bringing him onto heroic and adding an actual opera onto heroic. Seeing if that could actually. This is one of those areas I really wonder about fans because you know what I've mentioned that a million times. The best Danish team is heroic. So why isn't Device joining Heroic? They need a fucking opera. And every time, Semple, this is how boring fans are, Semler. They all just go, yeah, but Cadian's the opera. <sighs> Engage your brain. Why doesn't he just swap role and just be the IGL? Like, I don't get that, mate. You don't think Cadian could just beat Frag at the level of a support player and just be the IGL? Of course he could. The joke is he might even be like one of the better fragging IGLs with a rifle if he does that. His problem right now is he's not a good enough opera and... He seems like a good enough IGL, but not if he also orps. So the point is, bringing device to orp, and then the one weakness of Gadian goes out the window, doesn't it? Immediately, the team becomes really dangerous. Imagine their team, mate, with device, fucking Stown, and Tessis, and then Gadian's just like a supportive IGL. Fucking hell, mate. Like, we've already got the firepower. Like, that, I would do that move tomorrow. I don't even know what... Like, if that's one of those moves where the only person who might turn that down is whoever's getting kicked. That's about it. Surely even Gadian says yes to that, you know? Yeah, that's basically it. And you know that Cadian is going to do whatever he can to make sure that they're winning. So I think he, I even he think he would do it if he got the offer. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think Cadian yeah. that would that would be an offer that he would be thinking about it. I mean, device is not moving now, right? He's not in Stockholm anymore. He's down in Copenhagen. He, that's where everybody is who's a, who's anybody in the Danish scene, and uh, like all those teams, they're all based out of out of Copenhagen. So I mean, like he could very well be hanging out with those players in off time and you know mixing in with the scene, and then you see where it goes from there. Uh, it's it's just interesting, and it's like. <laughs> finally we get at least a little bit of something to work with here on the device front because it's just been nothing but speculation for months now so now at least we have a little bit of something that you know okay if it's true nip are actually trying to shop him out it's like okay so so it looks like we won't be seeing a return uh before oh, we by the way here's the other angle i can't handle this is where people are just losers in life similar you okay. know the people who will go like yeah, but why would we sign Device? He's been out for eight months. Why would we sign Alexi B? He just failed with G2. Why the fuck would they join your team if they were the best in the world, you imbecile? If, like, Alexi B was Carrigan, why would he join Team Liquid? If fucking Device was simple, why would he join Team Liquid? You imbecile. If you are broke, you can only buy something that is on offer, that is, has discount, that is cheap. So what, you, what I'm saying here, you imbeciles, is these players are too good for Team Liquid. So the point is, you have to get them when their stock's low. That's how you fucking buy and winning the stock market isn't it like these guys don't get it mate because I've had the same argument told me you know by the way I'll rewind this this is the argument that stopped teams except mouse sports signing Carrigan North Team Liquid you know what they all said well they sign him didn't he just fail in phase you fucking clowns you imbecile. So what you're saying is the second best Lamborghini to ever be made was on sale and you didn't buy it because you're well, if it's on sale it's probably not very good like you fucking clowns You'll never know what a GM's job is if you really think that. You, you, like, I don't even know why you have a take. It's just shit, isn't it? It's just fucking garbage. It's just the way it is, dude. Everybody's got a take. It's all good. It, it, no, it, it is. It is. And also, get, here's the thing, though. Just get those shit posts and put them in our comment section of this video. Help the algorithm. There you go. There you go. I found a way to make it work <laughs> in the end. There you go. 
or we're just going to gather them up together one of these days and maybe we'll do an episode just where we're covering comments you know, fuck it oh we should do because here's the thing Richard's done a few of those and they're fucking hilarious because you can imagine how mad the comments are on YouTube right <laughs> all right well you know something else that's mad is that the uh, they've actually released uh, IEM ESL have actually released some information on the road to Rio uh, in terms of like where the RMR events are actually going to happen. And there was a little bit of drama this morning as the news broke. Uh, Moses was getting a bit uh, annoyed online uh, because it looks like the American. The, funnily enough, the so the European RMRs will happen in Malta and will be played simultaneously on land studio environment in Malta. So already, okay. So ESL have made moves to go down to Malta in the past. Seems like they've uh, they've gone ahead and gone over there again. Uh, looks like Malta is the place to be. We've talked about this in the past on the show where cities can definitely subsidize events to try to make it attractive for event organizers to come and host things in their city. And so Malta clearly has uh, has an, a vested interest in trying to get more esports onto the island. And so it looks like you know ESL this is the perfect thing for them to do. Great EU EU RMR in Malta, fantastic. Uh, the Asian uh, RMR will be happening in Australia and Melbourne, Melbourne, I guess what is how we're supposed to pronounce it. Um, <clears throat> so that's, you know, Asia and Asia area. I mean, I don't know how you get into Australia these days, uh, but uh, you know, that, that, you know, if visas seem to be the concern, uh, it seems like uh, you can just assume, I mean, for Australia, is it still the Vax passport? I can't remember actually for Australia, if you're going to have to or not. So that could, that could lead to some actual complications. But then again, if you're in Asia, you're probably vaxxed anyways. But then the one that actually got things kind of spiced up was um, the the Americans. The American uh, RMR is not going to happen in North America. It's not going to happen in South America. It's going to happen right here in sunny Scandinavia. It's going down in the ESL studio here in Stockholm. So the North and South American teams are going to fly up here to Sweden and compete in the RMR here in Stockholm. Now, the reason for this that has been given, there's two. One is that they, the major itself is happening down in South America, and so they don't necessarily want to double down on having events down in South America because it's already happening there. They wanted to have it in America, according to, once again, to Flying DJ on ESL. They wanted wait a minute, to wait a minute. That, one's, that, that one already had stopped them on and go, whoa, 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 stop, follow-up question. What the fuck have you just said? Like, they were going, well, we wouldn't want to have the, the RMR in South America. Why not, though? Great location. Because we're having another event there. That's not even a reason. That's just a, that's just a preference. Like uh, that's, that's just not, in passing. The main the, the main reason is that they, is that apparently visas are the issue. And that South America for from South America to North America, it okay. can be tricky apparently to get visas. They're running into issues with it, and so rather than run into the 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 the, the nightmare of having certain teams or players not able to make the event due to visa issues because they're coming from South America, so I guess that can be a little bit tricky. Um, they're going, they just completely uproot the event and bring it over here to Sweden, where apparently it's much easier for them to get visas to just come in here and compete for the weekend. Uh, my, my, my tweet uh, on the topic. That's in for South, uh, South Americans to get visas, you mean? Yeah, South Americans to come to Europe. It seems like that's much more easy on a vacation side of things, I suppose, is probably what's going to be happening. Oh, I see. Fly sure. over and because, uh, uh, yeah, they're just going to fly over and, uh, and be able to enter Sweden and then compete and then, you know, go back home again, right? I'm assuming that's what's going to be. I mean, the, the obvious misplay there was that you could just simply fly all the players into Tijuana and have them walk across the border if visas were the issue. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't look like they decided to go that path and uh, it's going to be happening here in Sweden instead. So like Moses got really tilted on this one though, just because, uh, you know, it's the, the, region, he, the region feels like once again, it's not getting the, the love uh, that it should as uh, you know, this is Valve is an American company, Counter Strike, American game. You know, America, America, America. You have American teams that are going to be competing, but there's the event itself is not going to happen in America. 
Uh, a less a less joking uh, joking tweet that I put out was that why not just once again have it in the Face It Studios in Los Angeles, which are totally geared up to run this exact kind of event. That's where we ran Flashpoint. I mean, it's a it's a perfect environment. Could have really worked out. But again, if visas are going to be the issue, seems like that was the impasse. So I don't know. Did you see any of this? Uh, did you see any of this go down, or is this something that interests you at all, or is it? Uh... The problem with it is, it's a story that starts potentially sexy and it gets less interesting the more people respond. Exactly. The more I, I realize as I'm talking about it, I'm yeah. just like, it isn't all that interesting after all. Because basically the main issue, essentially, the headline is like, ESL doesn't even run RMR for North America and South America within either continent. Obviously, that's a big headline, right? The problem is, as you say, when you look at like the visa things, and obviously you consider we're not totally in an open world, probably never will be, spoiler. Like, this is just the way things are going to be now. So when you consider, as you say, not only is it way easier for people to come to Europe on holiday, but also the top pros all have the visas anyway to go to the blasts and the ESLs of the world. Like, it's just a cynical, like, it's just the path of least resistance, probably. I agree with Moses, though. The optics on it are absolute garbage. And there are obvious, like, side angles I would mention. Like, for example, if you're having an America's RMR almost certainly should be positioned around the time when Americans can watch. But if you do that, you're probably going to fuck yourself with the European time zones and make the players play at really bad hours. So like, I don't really know how you get around those. So there's there's obvious problems it raises. But at the same time, like I said, I, I put it this way, I don't think they're lying. I think what they're saying sounds plausible about the difficulty of getting visas. Probably quite difficult to get people there. It's, it seems like that's the case. I mean, um, they ha like they haven't fully opened up yet. Like if you're not vaccinated, I don't think you can get in yet. So there's definitely that sort of thing going on uh, into North America, and um, oh, unless, you're, unless you're um, a civilian, a citizen. Um, so that may that may or be just a flying a private jet apparently, but everyone doesn't like to mention that part, do they? It's weird. Yeah, well, of course not. I, it would do rule for thee, but not for me, right? Of course. But uh, <clears throat> it seems like that it seems like they they were going to just try and nip that in the bud and come here to Sweden, where uh, yeah, none of that really factors in, and you can just kind of get in here. Uh, play the matches over the weekend and then uh, take off again. So yeah, I, that is one of those things where it's just like it sounds like a juicy story. Turns out it isn't really. Um, ESL are being quick on their feet. I mean, the one the one criticism that they were really suffering is like, listen, you've had a lot of time to prepare for this, so you know, taking into account the, the amount of time that it takes to get visas should be a thing. But uh, that that can be uh, that can be tricky in its own self. So I uh, just felt like could be worth mentioning that. Uh, well, Malta. Malta, you know, Malta, uh, Sweden, and uh, Australia. So that's a so that's an interesting uh, interesting play. How it's going to break out. Curious to see how it goes down in Australia as well. That'll be fun. All right, let's get into some of the uh, the team changes here. This is one that you added right before the show, and that I spotted in the afternoon as well. Uh, Bad News Eagles um, deciding to stick together and to run their own team, basically. So like we were talking about before with the Louvre Agreement teams, kind of looking at others and saying like, "Hey, run your own team if you want to." But looks like uh, Bad News Eagles are actually going to go down that path. And instead of going with different organizations, they're trying to stick with their own and find their own sponsors. Um, like, what do you think about this uh, this team? Because I I do feel like they've got a real uphill struggle ahead of them, and that they need to continue to try and perform at actually at actual events. We need to see some more results from them to start uh, to start having some faith in them. Because I feel like you know one good event does not make a you know a championship team. So like, what do you um what do you make of this team right now with this situation? Right, the first thing's first, because I think people are going to get confused by it if I don't mention this thing. Remember, the name Bad News Eagles plays off the name Bad News Bears, which is what North American 
pro and semi-pros would always call it when they made a mixed team because they didn't have an actual team org or sponsor. Hence, Bad News Bears players, if you remember, played under like FPX or whatever at Flashpoint 1, if you remember. That was the team that came like 5th to 6th or something. So Bad News Eagles, as far as I know, is not an esports org. I think they just made this org because they qualified for the major org. But no, it wasn't even that. I think it was, let me, was it even that? No, I think it's the. I think it's. I think it's not even an or. I think it's just again. They're just a loose name for a team of players, right? So that's the part I find really weird. As far as I know, the logic is they're making an org now instead yeah. of taking an offer, right? So first of all, that's already really weird because as I just did that whole rant earlier, now it's probably the worst time ever to make an org. Like you can't get any slots. By the way, nobody's given someone from Kosovo fucking special slots in a league. Like you haven't got any pipeline of talent over history. All you have is this one run at a major. And spoiler: the run wasn't like top eight and doing something. It was like just having some upsets in the tournament knocking out some of the teams of the bad rosters so like it's not even like it set the world on fire like Copenhagen Flames did remember Copenhagen Flames made like top 8 of the major they were actually in position to make top 8 of the previous major in Stockholm so I get vibes of the Copenhagen Flames story here Sammy. you remember when initially they were like oh we'll sell the whole team for this and then later on there was that story that was like oh well some of us could have gone but we wanted to be like a package deal and then there was another story that was like oh but we wanted like more salary now it's true initially it was reported they wanted like 30 K. Apparently they did just want something like you know 10k. Maybe they got offered like 8k. But the problem is, yeah, what you're asking is, is that 8k? Do you currently get 2k? If you get 2k, that's four times more. That's the problem I have with this move, Semler. Is that when they say in the wording this very vague statement where they say. While we were reviewing the offers given to us and weighing up everything over the player break, we were close to choosing between two specific offers, but they were still not exactly what we wanted. What worries me there, what I feel like it's doing so much heavy lifting, is exactly what we wanted. Because here's the thing, they had offers apparently. Now, yeah. to me, an offer's better than nothing. We have a saying in English, beggars can't be choosers. You've got to take some offer, right? Instead, by gambling on yourself, like, who's going to fund this? How are you going to get to tournaments? If you don't get to tournaments immediately, how long are you going to stick around with not much salary or with a small salary or maybe have a small backer? Like, I think this is a terrible move, Semler. Terrible. The only people I would even recommend make their own team is an Astralis-type situation where you have the world at your feet. You're one of the best teams in the world. You're going to get invited anyway to the tournaments and you're going to be top-seeded in the qualifiers anyway. I would never suggest, like, to some a group of people that are nobodies that barely made a major and then did almost, like, a couple of upsets but almost fuck all there I would never recommend that team go their own it's going to be the hard this is going to be the hardest slog uphill you can imagine so if they make it God bless them but I would imagine this is the last you will hear of Bad News Eagles I think so I, I thought that was going to be the case at the major to be fair as well like that like I was already thinking that but I tend to be more pessimistic in that light where say, I was saying the same thing with the Copenhagen Flames I wasn't really on the Copenhagen Flames train uh, but uh, when when B and E make this kind of move, this really is going to be full on, full commit. Um, they've got Banks as a manager as well, who's helping him out. Uh, James Banks, who's supposed to be uh, on a team manager, like who knows if he's getting paid on this thing. Like, the obvious all- concern there, by the way, also is like. To what extent is he their manager? He has like a full-time job working events. Like the question I would have there is like, I know it's a small team, so right now you probably only deal with a few offers. But if yeah, if this is going to be a real esports org that's going to exist beyond just now, it's going to have to eventually have loads of staff. And you can't just have a manager who's doing other events and stuff, mate. You've got to eventually transition out there. It might, in the, look, in the short term, it might even help their fame a little bit. He's also probably more famous than Bad News Eagles, isn't he? So it helps a little bit. And obviously he can get them on his Twitter feed. But eventually, that can't be a long-term strategy, guys. <laughs> 
one thing that uh, that makes me i mean okay okay it is worth keeping in mind this is another reason why the cis teams are able to grind the way that they do and why they're able to find the talent and keep the talent going etc is again if you're coming from the eastern european side of things cost of living is way low compared to west or scandinavia right if you're in that's why you don't see many swiss players for example because it's fucking ridiculously expensive to live in switzerland or uh, norway for a while there you know mega expensive now you're seeing some more norwegian players because because it's given some time but the thing is, is like it costs way more to be a pro in uh, the West, the Western European side of things than it does in the Eastern side. So maybe that's their angle here is they're just thinking like, listen, if we can just find a couple of sponsors here to get on board with this project, we don't need much money to keep going and to actually, you know, make more than the average salary in Kosovo, right? Which is where they're from. So that's that like, if anything, do you think that that, that actually has a factor here? Because I can get you, I can, I can get on board with the idea of like, if you live in, if you were living in Sweden or in Norway, you know, or Denmark, you know, like the, the, the mega expensive, uh, Western countries to live in, like going this route. Yeah. That's, that's going to be tough, you know, to find enough money where you're actually making enough money where you can pay the salary and cover the taxes and everything else that goes along with it. That's going to be rough. But if you're down in Kosovo, like what are you, what's your overhead here? Like what's the cost of actually getting an org together so that you can actually have the five players competing together and playing and build up from there? Like maybe that's their angle. It's just like cost of living is pretty fucking cheap and uh, you know, average salary probably pretty low as well. So all in all, they just need to get a couple of sponsors on board and they could be in it enough to be able to keep building, right? Do you think that's, that's the problem? Yeah, that's the problem though. Even that doesn't, you're not there. That's just step one of, a, of the journey water. of a lifetime. Yeah. So the problem I have is this summer, I would take the exact same principles you just outlined and go, that's exactly why you take the 4K offer or whatever you got. Because 4K is like your fucking misery, 100K to you, you can't, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, the yeah, problem yeah. I have is I just hope, I really hope that when they say it wasn't what they meant, they really mean like they got almost fuck all off. Like it was just so low. It was like, it wouldn't even be worth it. If it was, if it really was anything like a few thousand dollars, you idiots if you didn't snap their hand off, in my opinion. Like, play, pro player's career doesn't last that long. You haven't had a career yet, and you've only done one thing. I would just immediately try to get that pivot to a team that's got at least known and get some money. So I, I think it's bad. I think it's bad, personally. We have a little bit of uh, insight here. For us as a team, this is this is coming from the BNE, uh, the Bad News Eagles um, presser. Uh, for us as a team, salary is not the most important factor in this decision, but the staff that an organization has and how they can help us develop ourselves in and out of the game. Another really important factor is the opportunity to boot camp regularly without issue. This, for us, is where visas are also very important. So so does that make you think that they got they got offers from like tier three, tier two teams, but they were hoping for a tier one team to come in and, and get involved? I mean, <laughs> obvious question. Why the fuck would they? I mean, that's... You know what I mean? Beggars can't be choosers. Now, I don't really want those fries. I was hoping for a uh, filet mignon done about medium. Fuck you, you idiot. You don't get yeah, the fries are nothing. Yeah. People know the story. There was one. There was a story years ago where a guy triggered me because he was homeless and he refused to take some McDonald's fries. And I was like, you fucking beggars can't be. Literally, beggars cannot be choosers. Don't you know the fucking rule, mate? But sadly, uh, let's live in the West. And then, uh, you know. Uh, all right. Let's see. Let's move on. So uh, the next bit I hear on the roster mania is that FNX <laughs> FNX transitions to coach and content creator for Imperial. So uh, that's it. Legend in his own right. FNX, 32 years old, deciding to step back, not going to be on the active roster. Uh, had To be fair, he had some pretty atrocious stats. Like He wasn't really doing much for the team on, a, on an individual level. Uh, when uh, the team was competing recently. I mean, it was really pretty grim. So the idea that he's stepping back comes as a shock to anybody. I don't think it can. And I mean, 
the other side of it is, is really like he is that brand. Like you brought him on board, A, to kind of get into the whole SK brand, obviously the Luminosity SK brand thing. But also it is, you know, FNX is a brand in his own right and he streams and he does all of, all of his stuff. And so it seems like now you kind of just, you're skipping to the point where you should have got to a whole lot earlier, if not yes. from the beginning, which was just have him on there as a content guy. Literally just have him on there as a content guy. I don't even know why you're mentioning him as mentioning him as a coach. Just have him on as a content guy, as a Twitch streamer or social social media dude, and and be done with it. That's it. Like just hope that you can sell some sponsors off of him. What do you what do you what's your takeaway on this one? Here's my problem with this. There's two angles. One is the FNX angle. As you said, first of all, by the way, he is one of the most legendary Brazilian Counter Strike players ever. He was in both games, was a significant player, won majors, was even, like, he was very good at 1.6. He was, like, pretty good at CSGO for a couple of years and then obviously had these motivation issues, I heard, and was a bit tricky in practice and maybe got too caught up in the lifestyle of the clubs and the influencer and all the stuff he's done the last few years, basically. Because I always used to joke with Richard on this show, it can't be that he's, like, incapable of discipline and dedication because he unironically has all those Instagram shoots where he's on, like, 10% body fat. Like, the guy clearly, if he won, to can be mega dedicated to do something the problem is for whatever reason i would speculate money fast cars and women motivate him more than being good inside a video game he already put 15 years of his life into so the problem is you're right totally this is the job he should have been doing all along because this actually he's good at he is an influencer he is a massive name he is someone you'd want associated with this org so that fans of his follow you and still have a reason to follow your team him being a pro player was totally inappropriate this guy was washed like four five Five, three, four years ago, mate, he was already done as a player and clearly didn't want to be any good and was in those shit teams that were just failing online quality. People don't know that, you know, Sam. A lot of people don't know this. A lot of people think his career ended in that Immortals team right after SK. They don't know he played in like Red Canids or whatever, you know, like those fucking like tiny little teams that just play online qualifiers or like the RMR, like round three. But because they're in South America, they can't just beat Australians at that point. You have to just lose to some other shitters. So he used to play. He just wasn't, it just wasn't any good. He was a nobody. He had that team. He was like, oh, anyway, you get the point. So the problem I have is like, he never should have been in that team that was a disgrace and then my other angle how's no one thought this angle up no one even brings this topic up Samler on all those other talk shows they talk about CS and they shout they're all talking about the real topics they never ever point out the whole the whole premise of the Last Dance project is invalidated one it was never a Last Dance because this lineup never played together ever in history Samler FNX never played with Bolts and Fallen and Fern the same lineup that see, it's not even a last dance. A last dance is when you bring back the lineup. And then, secondly, if it's a last dance, how long does this dance last? You've already had a major, so okay, it's already not even the last one. Oh, I bet that second to last one. Uh, the last one start starting now. No, no, starting now. Like, if there's none of that, you've already wasted thousands and thousands and thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of dollars of people's money on salaries. Then, also, now you come to this premise. Right? FNX clearly has to be part of the last dance because he was in the lineup that they were making the last dance of. So you lost another player from the last dance. And then I'll just add this final detail in. How can there be a roster move in the last dance? Hey, guys, what if we all got it together and just did one last run? Except you. Like, that it doesn't work, does it? Or like, oh, hey, guys, playing with you was an honor and a privilege, gentlemen. All I want is one more year so we can just do this right and leave on a high halfway through the year. Get the fuck out. Like, 
<laughs> What's the point then? What is this? It's not a last dance. It's one last fucking twerk from Fallen as he just tricks some fucking rich guy in South America. Oh, oh yeah, shake that ass, bitch. You were the greatest IGL, homie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Second in 2016, 2016, and 2016. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. And then he just picks up all those fucking dirty dogs. Ah, oh, oh, FNX. He might not be in the team, but he's still an influencer. La, la, la. You could have seen something there. Don't don't screenshot that and look what that was. <laughs> Editor, get that out. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I don't care. People know what I do. Don't worry about it. I don't want it. Like I'm just covering don't, my. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. It was a dapper moment. That's all I'm going to say. It was a dapper I'm done, moment. I'm done. It was a dapper moment. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah. Like it's something that I've mentioned a lot in the past is that you can do you either you build a team around winning trophies or you build a team around content. Uh, you've had teams in the past that have done very well on the content side of things. Cloud9, when they had Trout and Nothing and Skala and all those guys, those streaming guys, you know, like, yeah, did just fine on, in terms of content, sponsorship, everything, right? Were they winning anything? Not really. That's the thing. You either you either go all in and you become an Astralis and win all the tournaments, and that's how you make your Skrilla, or you go on the content side of things, you build a YouTube channel, you build a Twitch, you build social media platform. That's where FNX, Fallen, that's where the value is for those guys. So, I mean, clearly Imperial has money, though, because they haven't wasted any time um, picking up a replacement for do you, want, do you want to know what I heard? Okay. Oh, this is well, the best on, part of the whole Can I read the title first? No, no, you... no, 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 no. This is about the story. Okay. Are you ready? Hit it. Oh, it's brilliant. You might have seen, I made a tweet publicly during the major where I was like, maybe, I didn't say maybe I was wrong, but I was like, maybe it actually can be worth the money of doing the last dance. Like if it's worth that much sticker money, because remember there was that story about the the 2020 sticker money for Rio and how it was millions of dollars and NIP owed like knock that payment. So I was thinking, hey, if you can get like $3 million, maybe it is worth doing it. That turns out that was just because that was a mega major and everyone knew it was to subsidize the teams and they set it up that way even. That's not the amount of money you get for the normal stickers. And in fact, I was told the Imperial team doesn't have the kind of money they need to pay the salaries fallen them one. And that essentially, I was basically told they might even be in like dodgy scenario, but like who even knows if they make it through the year with the current sponsor situation? Because again, people don't know this, Samler. These guys aren't making small salaries. This is why it's so sick that I'm not supposed to be allowed to criticize them, Samler. This is like if a super wash up old football star came back and you knew he was making the money Ronaldo makes but he's terrible and never scores a goal you'd criticise him a thousand times harder because he makes Ronaldo money that's what Fallen was mate Fallen is someone who was at a major shitting the bed against nobodies and he's getting paid like what like put it this way he's getting paid more than like some of the best players in the world that's egregious as fuck, if you know it. Now I know fans don't know but maybe listen I'm giving you some fucking insights called the universe throwing you a bone Oh, okay. So then hold on. If they're already on, if they were already struggling, like where are they coming up with the money then to, to foot a 200,000 buyout for a player like Cello from MIBR already? I just want to say, Tommy, killing it. Oh, I kill it every time killing him. He's what still, I love is they all talk lame. shit about him publicly and then he wrecks them every time in business. Every single time. Like I've said this in the past, the way he absolutely worked called Zera. It was like one of those fucking scenes from like Casino where they have that guy's head in a vice. It's fucking amazing, man. He just wrecked this cunt completely. And at the end of it, the joke is, as usual, he even had to just take it. It was hilarious. It was fucking hilarious. Oh. Well, Imperial have added, they've spent $200,000 apparently to get uh, Cello off of MIBR and to bring him onto Imperial uh, going into the uh, Melbourne. Uh, Think the how SM embarrassing that is, Semler. 
$200,000 for cello. Right, remember, cello isn't some unknown quantity. We've all seen him play. He used to be in the Luminosity team, and he was, what, an MIBR. And he's always been in, like, essentially the tier two teams of Brazilian CS. He was never some top player. He was never some amazing prospect who had to make the top. I don't even think they sign him because he's amazing. I think they sign him because no one else can join. You're not going to get furious players. And quite frankly, FNX was terrible. As you said, he had some of the worst stats ever if you go to his page. He's, FNX's fucking event page looks like Moses needs to come in there and go anyway you get the point so yeah. it's fucking oh it's mental mate so to me I think it's insane that, like everyone isn't even criticising that either the same people uh, who would pay 600k for device 200k for cello do you even know maths for fuck's sake remember like I think it was only wasn't it only like a million for Nico 600k for Monacy and Divide why is Cello 200k well we know why it's as you said Tommy just fucking worked Tommy's these cards to me savage I know he is he just gets in there dude I like the only reason I even mention this in terms of like a news story is just because I know Tommy and I know that just how right, here you go similar here's a story Semler, Tommy is that Lurpis, by the way, if people don't know. Tommy is Lurpis. Lurpis yeah. is that fucking kid where when I was like eight years old, I first decided to do what you all do when you get older if you're a kid. I wanted to get those stickers, didn't that Semler? You know, the Panini stickers of football, the Premier League. And obviously the whole aim is you buy a couple of booster packs, but then you need to trade them, don't you? Because you've got like extras and you need, and it's a whole economy. Tommy's that kid that I met when I was like eight, where they were all just fucking rinsing me, of course, because I didn't know anything about economics. I didn't know anything about trust and fucking human social nature so they were all tricking me going like oh you you don't want this one this isn't even that good he's not even that good a player you want this one he's a defender for man united it's like the cheapest worst man united defender and they're just like trading off like some winger for like some top team answer and then the fucking oh and then that then i then later i go to the next person hey you want to trade they're like you haven't got anything here i'd want like what the fuck i just traded all that for that guy like yeah exactly uh, that's fucking i'm the brazilians in this scenario and the other guy was lopez on it i know <laughs> Has that told you too much about my life and who I became? So <laughs> that's explains so much. What a fucking boom, dude! I mean, that is that is the legit situation where you're dealing with Tommy. He's just so good at this sort of thing. He just knows how to play the game and how to get the money out of it. And so, good on him, man. Good on him. Fuck it. Like that's that's what you got to do at that point. If Imperial or or if Imperial have got the cash to put forward, you know, I'm glad that Tommy's able to make that kind of play. And well, I. I, you know, the, the, the Imperial team, I just have, I just put so little stock in it in terms of performance, like Fallen and all those guys. Great. They'll stream, they'll create content. I mean, Fallen will have all of his fingers and all the pies, but them getting anywhere near hoisting a trophy again. I mean, you gotta be on the good, good to believe that, uh, it's not happening. So I don't really, you know, that's about as far as I want to go. I just, actually, I just want to just mention, mention the number and just how much of a G Tommy is, you know, good on him. I, Last bit of news that we have before we're going to get into uh, the uh, viewer questions. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah. It did actually happen. Sampaios and Valda. So, Valda has found a home at last, at long last, after living on the bench for a few months now, just not really getting into the game on OG. He has finally found a home in Ents and Sampaios as well. And again, you know, credit where credit's due, because not, I mean, it's it's funny that we're talking about Ents immediately after talking about Lurpus, because Lurpus used to have a hand in Ents. Uh, is still, that, has, uh, still has some equity as far as I know. Still has some, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, they're, they're just so shrewd. They're, this yeah. is such a great play on Ens' side of things to replace some talents on it without without breaking the bank. 
I, you know, you're, pr- I'm, pr- you're, you can think like they're going to pay, they're going to be paid reasonably well, but like Sun Pius isn't a player that you're going to have to break the bank over. He's coming off of movie star riders. It's going to be his first crack. He's going to be happy with any salary. He lives in Spain. So again, you pay him a halfway decent salary. He's going to be happy. He's going to be way above the average salary in Spain. And that just gets him started. So again, super sharp on that side. And then Valda, sure. He's got a bit more experience. You're going to pay him a bit more, but again, it's a, it's a golden opportunity here for ends to, to get some, to get some experienced firepower in and to develop a potential star in some pious with some more experience and snappy gets these guys to fit into his system everybody is happy but again it just makes i i I have always got to tip my hat to ents they always make the shrewd plays they always make the smart plays i'm really i'm just so impressed with this organization and snappy did a did an interview recently where he was essentially just saying you know it's like he has a large hand in it himself and saw just decide the players basically they're just being empowered by the org right yeah, they're they're the ones who are out there hunting the talent down, and then they, but then you know credit they give credit to the org and saying like, listen, we we provide the shortlist, and the org does the best they can to get him for us, and they've had a few things fall through, but he's happy with this roster and he thinks it's a good thing. I mean, I look at this and I'm like, yeah, this is actually this is this is solid. This this is a this is an or uh, this is a a roster that with a little bit of tweaking and some more experience for some pious could do some damage, could be really positive. So like, what's what's your takeaway on this Ents move? Yeah, first of all, like let's address the topic you said there. That's a, that's the biggest story of it all. Is that the reason why this this team has been made so well and then has been improved in the way it's been improved? Like they brought in the Madden guy, and now they've made the right move to remove Hades with a better Orpa, and also they've managed to bring in a good star potential like support rifler to make up for some of the things that the reason they've done all these moves is because, as you say, they empowered the coach and the IGL. So that means the coach and IGL were able to get what they want. You didn't just go, right, I can get you this player here. Make make it work. Like, because remember, every fan thinks you want the player when you get signed. You don't know that, like, maybe all the players you want were on the shortlist didn't get signed. Maybe they were too expensive. Then what they do is it's like one of those jokes, isn't it? Like, ah, I went fucking Valde. We have Valde at home and they have some, like, shit player from Tricked or something, you know? Like, that's the normal scenario with most dogs. It's why in Flashpoint I kept saying, I had tons of teams where the team wanted the player, but the org wouldn't sign him. They were like, well, why would I sign this guy? Oh, I need a visa for him or whatever. So the, basically, on the actual move itself, I think it's a banger move all around. Think about these two angles. Valdez already worked with Snappy at the beginning of his career and Snappy's a better caller than he was back then. So him and Valde are going to be right on the same page. They have a similar mindset. Secondly, people are thinking Valdez joining this team just to be like he was in OG and North. Like, oh, he's going to be like a really good like supportive element. He doesn't have to be. He chose to do that. He chose like Zipniks and MBK to become a supportive element so that he could be around better players like Convig and KGB and make them win. If he wants to, this guy can go back to being a star rifler anytime he wants. He's a guy who puts in mad hours, really good mindset, good skills, good game sense. But if he wants to be the supportive element, by the way, He's overpowered for that. He's overskilled. That's why he can put up really good numbers. So I think if you want him to be a bombsite anchor and just play that, on this team, he could be amazing. So the key thing for me is this. You've upgraded the AWPA. San Pius is a better AWPA than Hades. It's more also to me, this is the key detail. If you're asking like raw ability, they're probably similar level. The reason I consider Sam Pius a better one though, and the reason I think Snappy's going to love him is because he's, like I said, he is like a device orper. He's the one who just takes the spot and hits all the normal shots. He doesn't, Hades was the ultimate, he was like the flick orper. He was the guy constantly peeking the angle and taking all crazy shots. The problem with that is unless you hit all the shots, you just lose the game, mate. Like eventually that doesn't work. It's not a great strategy. If you have a player like device or Sam Pius, then coach and IGL's dream. They go where you want them to. They stand where you want. They take the corner, you, the shot they want. You even know 
based on whether they shoot and kill the guy. If there's a guy there, if they're locked, if you have to come, like, you know everything because they just do exactly what you want. So I think this is going to be amazing for Snappy because obviously the problem is you couldn't replace Spinks. Spinks was way too good. That's why he was always going to be leaving this team. But I tell you what, you've re-upped with a really solid other rifle and now you've got, an either, you've got a slight upgrade at AWP. This can work. Remember, they had second at Dallas without fucking... Spinks at all when they had the snacks standing and obviously they were apparently trying to get snacks as well but that just didn't happen so I think all in all this is amazing zigzagging moving in the right timing and finally for Son Pius that's the one other angle I'd mention here you might think oh that sucks he just had that great result with Movistar Riders he was looking good that's exactly why he had to take this deal because this deal will never be here again in this way like in the future yes he could have maybe gone to like an ens if they're a small org like they were a couple of years ago or they're a tier 3 team he could probably go him you know what Maybe Mopos can go and join some, like, Tier 2 international squad. But the problem is, you'll never get an offer like this to join a team as good as Ence is now with the potential to be as good. Like, they can be a top-five team in the world if he joins and does well. So, if you're some pies, you had to take... I think everyone all around killed it on this deal. Like, you couldn't... You had no choice in the Spinks one, but once you've set that in place, you've done a great set of decisions all across the board. I think this will be a good team. I think yeah, I think so too. I think this is going to be a really solid mid-pack team that could that could spike up given enough time and experience. If they can gel together, I think you're bang on the money in terms of what Sampias brings to the table. I think Valda's reliable, Madden and Diha solid, and Snappy's clearly got improved as an IGL and as a game plan. I mean. The, the by main... the way, I actually have the first part of a Valde reflections on my YouTube channel. That's right. You got you get you beat me to it. But yeah, that just came out as well and uh definitely worth a listen. So Valda's over there on uh on the on Thorne's YouTube channel. There's definitely. even a part, by the way, which is gonna shock people, because I myself was shocked he said this. I just asked because I did an open-ended question. If people don't know, when Valde hadn't actually been in North very long, I think something like his second LAN was the infamous Dreamhack Montreal with the KNG, like, prove it all, kill you, like, going after FNS. So all I say, basically, is if you were at that LAN, I've got to ask for stories. And, dude, the stories he tells, if you go back on By the Numbers, confirm all the speculation that we said at the time and all the rumours. As in, like, they did all turn up late to that match and they lied and they were way too late. Then KNG was actually actively, physically trying to hunt FNS down in the hotel like what's mad is Valde tells these thinking like oh the limitations is fast. I was even thinking when he was saying that like I'm sure the limitations have passed now it's like are you familiar with Brazilian fans but you know what <laughs> let it be on your head bro it's not me saying that <laughs> so I was, listen it's brave that he came out with that because it was cool that he had sort of corroborated the stories but I certainly hope nothing happens to Valde yeah <laughs> <laughs> dude days are gonna fuck a lot of the time you know they're just like ah let it go but uh that's really interesting that he got, that he actually corroborates on all of that and gives a it's it's nice to have uh, that window into behind the scenes to get a little bit of that information eventually it eventually comes out the truth you know comes through so that's sick really happy to hear definitely go and check that out guys well worth it but uh, this may be a good time to start moving into uh, some you of our... You know the thing I love? I'll tell you the thing I love and hate the most about CS is that we can't win, mates. Like, I could literally be going like, guys, here's some, like, secret info no one knows. And then they'd go, yeah, but there's a rumor that people do know, though, that's different from that and not as good. So which is true? It's like, well, listen to me, I'm telling you. Like, I know actually what's going on. Yeah, but I heard a... Oh, you can't beat that, mate. If someone's, if someone's just an I heard reply guy, then it's never going to end, is it? So go on, hit me with the next topic. What is it? Well, I think we're going to get into GrogCoin uh, questions because uh, that's uh, that's it. Let me show. Producer, give me a give me a quick toilet break then, because I need to properly buckle in for the GrogCoin questions and properly answer them. So, can we get a break for a minute? Yeah, we'll take it. Let's take a quick uh, two minute break, guys. We'll be right back uh, and we'll get into some of the questions. Now, as a little break from all the banter, I'm of course going to come and tell you again about esports bet, right? Now, if you want to actually have a recommendation for a bet, I actually think it's a pretty good one. I was looking here, and obviously, Pro League starts in just over a week. 
just less actually, especially by the time this video comes out. And I thought a matchup in Group A that was very interesting because the team I think you want to look for as an underdog is Spirit. Now look, five four point five nine nine against Navi. That's pretty interesting. But the problem is when Navi actually put Simple back in. Ah, they probably still win anyway. It's still probably too crazy to bet that. So instead, what I'm going for is this one. Going for Spirit as a 2.279 underdog against Nip, who is 1.596. Remember, it's LAN, best of three in a studio. I actually think the team's Spirit squad maybe even has slightly more firepower. Like, I think they've had some solid upset potential recently. I think this is a team, if you're NIP, you're looking at some of the bigger names in the group, all in all, like the Vitalities and the Narvies. I actually think the odds are pretty good here for the underdog. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put a nice little cheeky one on i'll put a little cheeky what should we say 500 usdt yeah we'll say spirit wins they take down nip or of course i often pick nip but i like to get them as an underdog too now back to the bats hi everybody welcome back from that short break thank you for being so patient uh and now we're gonna go ahead and hop into some uh grog coin uh questions and um duncan how do you how do you go about asking these uh grog coin questions so you go to the Discord, which is like discord.gg slash insight and esports. There's a Grog coin channel. There's a pinned tweet and it tells you how to buy the coin. If you have 25 coins, you can ask a question. Ask questions that are interesting, obviously. Otherwise, you just might get roasted or kicked out. We'll see. Yeah, doesn't matter if you're a longtime supporter either. Equal equal roasting opportunity for everybody. Yep, so, absolutely. Uh, it's, a, it's an equal opportunity environment. <laughs> yeah, people don't know. Look, we won't go into detail, but one of the guys I absolutely roasted the shit off last episode wasn't like a top pitch for a man as well. But whatever. Like, you are right. Anyone can get it somewhere. It's just the way it works. And plus, if you're a fan of man, how could you be against that? It's what you're a exactly. fan of, surely. That's the thing. It's actually exactly. like a point of honor at that yeah, point. You know, you're, exactly. you're just going to be happy. Uh, like, that's the actual... It'd be like Bill Burr going off on a heckler in the crowd. Like, you want that? Surely you're a fan of Bill Burr, aren't you? Yeah, there you go. All right, so let's get into it. <laughs> oh, well, look at that. Uh, he even has the, te the, the, the Winnie the Pooh. Xi Jinping, a big fan of the show, <laughs> is asking, hypothetical, new CS releases late this year. A full calendar year is played. Simple is the 17th best player in the world. Is this good or bad for the new game? Okay. Uh, so if Simple is not at the top of the pack, if there's a new version of the game that comes out and Simple somehow fails to be a star player in it is that a good or a bad thing for the game what makes this tricky is i can't tell if he thinks just like mentioning simple being bad is going to be funny and i'm gonna like roast him or something or if he actually if the implication is like does it imply the game isn't good if simple isn't good at it because the problem is the latter almost certainly not the case like the problem i've mentioned this in the past the problem like i think i've talked about in the last episode when we talked about the source and csgo 2 stuff one of the problems when you change games as an entire not just like an update an entirely new version of counter-strike is it there's no rhyme or reason as to who's really good and who isn't like you i don't know if people get this it doesn't make any sense that neo was like so average at csgo he was fucking unbelievable in 1.6 he was he was one of the most skilled players as well it doesn't make any sense but it's just the case and i know by the way he put a bazillion out he might have put more hours in a csgo than he did 1.6 guys he just never was able to get to the top meanwhile there's people i'll go the other way in 1.6 he was just like an all right player he was like the best NA player for like the first two years like and far and away by the way like i, I even used to joke with him like i used to literally because i was friends with him i used to literally say to him if you know if 1.6 just continued like i probably never even met you and talked to you like, i wouldn't even know you you should be some guy on some cal invite team i said but see us go okay now all of a sudden you're a superstar like, it's just the way the game works so the problem is you can never guarantee that anyone will be good in the other game even if it's simple because like you're thinking to yourself but look how insane his skills are there's a lot of people we thought how about markov 
It's probably like the fastest yeah, orbit yeah. ever in 1.6. By the way, in CSGO, you'd even see him. You know how many tournaments I used to stand behind him at the early days and see this fucking guy warm up on like a DM with the orb, then go in the game and not use the orb at all and just be like an average fucking sport player. Like, what are we doing here? So again, you can never know. So basically, I don't think it would be good or bad because the problem is it could be an amazing version of CS that simple just, I don't know, doesn't put the hours in, doesn't fuck with him. His vibe doesn't work. Maybe his just skill set's different. Like another detail people won't get is there are fundamental differences between all the past versions of CS and CS Goal that actually do change who's good. So famously, you know this, the reason why Scream could never hit the peak of Scream in 2013 is because the fucking game changed. There used to be like ADAD, used to be able to burst more. Like the game encouraged different things. In 1.6, for example, like tapping was a big thing. If you don't get the first headshot, you just tap bullets into the guy and you know you'll need three or four and you get the kill. You don't even do that in CS Goal because the gun doesn't work that way. The reset or the recoil is different. So it, these are all, you know, it's fundamentally changing the technique of which player will succeed and which won't be as powerful in the next game. So, and also, so throwing Valorant like look some of the players in CSGO got really good at Valorant some of them that are really good at just average as fuck some of them that were bad in CSGO are good in Valorant some of them that were good in CSGO are bad in Valorant like again there's really no rhyme or reason the, the, people just like to pretend there is when for example Forrest goes from 1.6 to CSGO they go see oh that proves that you can be that it's like I think you just got lucky I'm sorry I do I think you just I think it was like it's, it's like the whole premise here's the premise sim similar you know, most people who talk about evolution don't even understand the basic premise of what they're talking about because they always talk about it like it is a god. Like what evolution was doing here was no, 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 no. Evolution, by your logic, is a cheese grater. You just grate across the cheese, the cheese that goes through the hole, that's the one that survives in your natural selection. The cheese that pushes against the part that isn't a hole doesn't get to go through now. That's it. There's no logic, there's no intelligence. Remember, that's the premise. So similarly, in this case, I think what happened was Forrest just got through the hole and Neo was at the part that's the metal part. That's, that's the way it goes so would simple make it through now obviously he has absurd like raw gifts so we'd hope he would we'd hope he'd be on the forest side but you can never know maybe maybe something about the games wouldn't fuck with me wouldn't be that good yeah what do you think from a brand perspective as well i think it wouldn't be the end of the world in the sense that yes he's probably got the biggest brand right now but it wasn't the end of the world for like if we want to just compare brands you know it's like shroud was a gigantic brand when it came to csgo streaming he went to a different game it wasn't the end of csgo esports you know csgo esports did just fine and got bigger after shroud left you know so the idea that somehow the success of csgo esports hinges on simple and his uh, and his brand i don't think either it may you may see like a marginal dip but I you know I really don't see how like it would be the end of the game or anything like that. So um is this good or bad for the new game? I don't think I think it's it's fine if Simple isn't even you know he's the 17th best player in the world. I think that would be fine for the new game because it means just as Duncan's been highlighting this entire time, there's going to be somebody else who the game speaks to and will be dominant and will be able to go through and perhaps build that brand as well. So in this hypothetical world, I don't think it's the end of the world if Simple is the 17th best player in the world. Also, seventeen's still pretty good. I mean, yeah, exactly, he said yeah. that like it's like thousandth. Yeah, no, like seventeen's pretty good. All right, architect of Korean esports based Joe. Is there a direct correlation between toxicity and performance? A Korean PC bang is among the most toxic places on Earth, with Chernobyl and Fukushima not far behind. Okay, yet Korean esports always gets two hundred percent out of its player base, no matter the size. NA, on the other hand, often gets head starts on all esports games and amazing infrastructure and more money than God, but its player base are a bunch of pussies. Basically, Samla, I'll rephrase the question. The question essentially is: Do you agree with the central premise of the movie Whiplash? That's what he's asking. What he's essentially asking is, 
does being a dick make you better at the game? Is being a dick part of being good at the game, improving at the game, competing, battling? Now, here's what's interesting. I actually think what made that that like because that's basically what that movie explores. If people don't know, it's about it's a, it's about the concept of can like a really harsh teacher who's super critical will that actually make you rise to a high level, which is essentially what happens in the movie, right? So the premise goes like, is that good? Because obviously you're being a piece of shit and horrible to the person, but at the same time you're also sort of like pushing them to the limit and trying to get something extra out of them. The problem with this topic is this: it's a super complicated, super nuanced one that there isn't really an answer to. I just have to tell you like from my own life experience or things. I've read because for example if people don't know this is actually a really interesting detail a lot of people don't know from the occult world about the guy who you might have heard of called G.I. Gurdjieff he was like an eastern Russian guy who was like a mystic and he had sort of a cult following and had his own followers and stuff and famously similar the interesting thing is this unlike some of those like sort of lovey-dovey gurus that you see in LA or whatever who will just basically tell you what you want to hear and take your money and get in your ass as well instead of doing that like sort of being cynical this guy his approach was like when you're his follower he treats you like shit because it's the opposite his philosophy was that a human being by default never operates close to their top percentage what they do is they just sort of like do maybe say like 30 40 percent it's like the principle of if you go running your first wind is your first wind you might think you're tired but everyone who's running off knows there's a second wind in there always and in fact the second wind's more powerful and it even removes all the pain and all the so if you can get through that period of oh i've got to stop now so basically what this guy was saying is he was saying spiritually he thought there was a similar concept that like you could sort of break through and that if you pushed humans to really stressful conditions you could make them like kick into a higher faculty and sort of like access their full potential and in his case it'd be some sort of magical effect or psychic effect now the reason i bring this up is that's sort of what we're talking about here like i don't know whether that's actually the case all i'll say is this being as video games and competition essentially are a proxy for war which is an almost entirely male discipline i do think if you just look at the men in your lives and the way that they compete with each other, want to be better than each other. There's an element where I think that's just an inherent element of men is that you won't just battle, you battle and also you want to like step on that guy to get over him and you want to beat this guy and fuck that guy's better than me and I, I, I can beat this guy. That's part of sort of being male, I think. So I think to some degree there probably is like a, a weak correlation or a medium correlation between being like a dick and being good at the game. I don't think it has to be like you have to do it. I also, I also do think though that You'd have to have. I think it'd be way more unlikely that you'd be the nicest guy ever and be really good and compete. You could maybe do it if you're a di- if you're the biggest dick ever. I think that will get in in your way as the creators of people like Simple as Sean. Yeah. So I think you probably want to be like above average as a dick and then good at the game. If you know what I mean. What do you all take on this? Because obviously you're open ended ones. Like I said, I went all over the place with it. What do you? Think I, I would stuff? go with I would go with the cultural aspect, which is always the, the the same. You know, like if you compare Korea versus North America, North America, the whole issue is that everybody wants to be a star. And it's a very individual kind of culture where it's, you know, each on his own, uh, you help, you help your neighbor out, but it's still you getting after yours and grinding and all of that, right? That's the mindset. Whereas in Korea, other places like Scandinavia, you know, some places in Europe, why we see a lot of, you know, excellent team game players and teams, you know, coming out of those regions is because it's a much more flat culture where you're encouraged from a very young age to think about the group and there's a hierarchy and you're, you fit into the hierarchy and you think about the others right from the beginning. It's not as individual. It's much more, you know, about about um about the, the group as a whole and so i feel like those cultures kind yeah, of lend themselves more to sorry go ahead law of janti law of shanti what ja- law of janti you can't oh fuck off the law of janti i'm just gonna keep saying this you whatever google it mate google what law of janti is even know what i'm talking about 
Exactly. So like Google that's, it. That's, that's the angle that I would take on it and why I've always said that there's a Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. You know what I'm talking about. This is the most famous thing about Scandinavia. Basically, yeah. it it's characterizes sort of like, as unworthy and inappropriate any behavior that is not conforming to things out of the ordinary or is personally ambitious, which is exactly it. Yeah, that is exactly Scandinavia in a nutshell. Yep. Uh, the Danes. It's what you're talking about. Is it's the idea of like it's not just about you being the star, right? It's like we all made you, or we be. You need our help. You need the group, right? It's all about the group success. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was in the same situation there, Tywin, where it was just the accent that was getting me. I was like, Shanty, what is he saying? <laughs> so if you don't get it, I'm like, okay, what's he saying? All right, Law of Janty is what he said. All right, so. Uh, yeah, I, I would just put it that way. Exactly. The law of gentility plays a role in Scandinavia. France has also had similar similar influences. Um, but you see the French teams, they're kind of in this weird space where there's also a lot of individuality on the French teams, where which is why they're shanking each other in the back. So it's always like, you know, the three musketeers up until a point, and then the individualism takes over and they start shanking each other. So uh, you have some cultures that are just chaotic naturally because of that. But I think that's why you see a lot of like the crazy league teams coming out of Korea and uh, and the crazy CS teams at the beginning, you know, coming out of Scandinavia is just because the cultures uh, lent themselves to, uh, to to higher performance there. Also, I'll give you another angle. Here's the part people don't think about. It's also about this angle, isn't it? Right? If we, if a million teams are all competing against each other, it's super cutthroat. It doesn't mean that it's awesome to be cutthroat. You're only seeing the success story. What you don't see is the 99 Korean teams that didn't make it because they're all going harm as fuck and they did waste their lives and they never made it to the pro scene. But that's why I've always said, by the way, about Korean esports, even though I love StarCraft Brood War, I've always said, like, I would never create a system in which StarCraft Brood War could exist. I don't want players playing 14 hours a day and having no life and burning themselves out over four years just so I can see them be good a video game like i'd almost rather there was a fucked up law like you know a curfew you can only play six hours you got to like it's obviously not healthy for a human the problem is if you if people can do that they are probably going to outwork the person who's doing the balanced lifestyle and beat them with spoilers why north american League of legends pros could never be the best even if they were skilled they're not going to practice as hard that's unfortunate the other guy's going to give his whole life up you can't beat that, unfortunately. Spoiler, if people don't know, I used that tactic to beat all my rivals. The reason none of you know the names of my rivals, unless they move to other jobs and are just famous for other things, by the way, is because all my rivals just stayed at the level they were at and were like, until someone like forces me to get better, I won't. I was always trying to compete against myself and be like, I've got to level up in this area. I, I used to even go outside esports. That's one thing I never got. Dude, people back in the day, even in like 2010, would be like, I am the best in esports. It's like, mate, how can you ever be proud about your writing? Because you're only looking at esports right he's like pick up like a crucifixion's book you'll get two pages in and go fuck i better level my shit up i'm garbage at writing like this guy's yeah. amazing that's the other thing i've never understood it's like to me it's all about like the drive has to be internal there's another problem i have with that topic by the way they never mentioned that detail similar if you choose to be kobe bryant and be in the gym 16 hours a day perfect do it go for it if someone forces you to though i don't like that i don't think there's a scenario where you should make people have to get wrecked in this lifestyle like they should be totally voluntary I don't I think that's how you get the best results, right? Probably you, is. Certainly seems it, like it from it history. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the same reason why you can't get anybody to go to the gym unless they want to, right? Or at least stick to going to the gym unless they want to. It's that same sort of thing. Like, it has to come from within. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen at all. Um, and I, Why, basically, I'm not joking. I know it costs money. But if you're one of those people who complains, like, ah, I can't go to the gym, get a personal trainer for real. He'll make you do it. Now, oh, unless you're an idiot and you just want to pay him and not turn up. Like, you can always do that too. But so if that doesn't make you do it, you know, surely you surely. There, 
do you just reminded me there was like a lol player on cloud nine who who would, was getting like who he ate the fine because apparently like the players would get fined if they didn't right. go and train and so he's just like fuck it and he was just he just eat the fine every week because he wasn't going to the gym he just did not want to go to the gym to that point it's like okay then gotta respect it i suppose next question right. next question snake gold can you think of an element that would make the game better if you took it out Hmm. Can you think of an element that would make the game better if you took it out? Yeah, we can. Let's think of one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now all of a sudden, now but this is like, okay, hmm. Uh, well. Here's the problem. I can think of one immediately, but it's too controversial. You can't handle it. You're all going to, you're all going to flip when I say it. You're not even going to think about it. You're just going to react. Here's one angle, and I'm, I'm not even joking. The AWP. Yeah? If CS, I'm not joking, was a five-rifle game, it would be a way more tactical game, I'm telling you right now. It would actually be a very interesting game, because that's the thing as well. The AWP has also, I mean, people have made this point the last few years, is obviously correct. The problem with the AWP isn't, like, as a weapon, it's fine, but if you're the best player and you're an AWP, it's, just, it's too OP then, it really is. Like, it just it dominates the game. So I think teams and teams and coaches and IGLs would have to be way better if they had to run five rifles. The, the, and I like tactical I'm, I'm on a similar vein. The one that I was thinking of is uh, removing uh, the ability of pistols to one-shot headshot, period. That's not a bad one, too. Yeah, that would be that would make the take, economy take way more random important. element out completely yes. and just be like, fuck you. You know, it's an eco, it's an eco. Like, yep. if you come up with something clever where you guys get this cool stack or something, or you just get a good timing and you swarm them, like, okay, cool, fine. But that's, it should be rare. It should be few and far between that you win around with pistols. Yes. It's still way too random today. Like, it's still way too high, I think. And it just adds to a level of randomness that makes it difficult to get excited or build narratives in the game sometimes because sometimes it's just frustrating you watch around you're just like dude they shouldn't fucking win this round it's just some dumb fucking deagle headshot that just turned it around uh totally ruins everything but there you go so yeah that, that's probably what i would do all right blaz if you had to work as the stage host for the rio major what would be your survival strategy <laughs> what would be uh well now in brazil my survival strategy would to be would be um i would always at all times be in a car because then if anything goes down, I can just claim that you are trying to rob me and I am no longer um, liable in the law. If I were to run you over with that car, I could just say you were trying to rob me and your scooter, that was your scooter and you tried to rob me. And so I just ran you over with my car and I'd be fine. So I would literally it's, host it's the gonna event be, from a it's car. It's going to be hard to be in a car on stage. So <laughs> I'm going to drive it up onto the stage. And, uh, that, that's, that would be the survival strategy in Brazil. All right, what's, what would be your survival strategy? I mean, obviously, what I would do is... You remember the movie Mission Impossible 2? <laughs> I would use the gimmick of that movie, and I would get a lifelike mask of Fallen, because when I have that mask on, I can now cheat on camera. I can literally, like, rip off a bunch of people in business. I can lie about people, provably, and I can just be a scum fuck. So just do whatever I want at that point, can I? Joke's on them. Big... Uh, that, that is obviously, like, the... the what is it? The... Uh, Checkmate. Uh, <laughs> yeah checkmate yeah there you go tom Very cruise is, tom it? cruise play like mission impossible yeah totally yes. all right let's see <laughs> zumba who would be the best at these jobs flusha as an accountant shara as a tour guide or simple as a therapist <laughs> who would be the best uh, who would be the best though i would still go with simple as a therapist i think i would probably just go with that uh, just because Flusha is a uh, well, then again, at the at the same time, you know, ca you know, fool me once, 
Flusha got caught once, so I don't think he'd be making any more mistakes on the accountant side of things. You know, he'd have learned his lesson. So maybe he would be the best now. Yeah, but that's the problem. If I weigh it all up, it's got to be Shara. Because technically the Shara one, he didn't actually think of that. Well, it wasn't it wasn't that funny an angle. Like, he could just be a tourist guy, couldn't he? Like, that could obviously work. It's an easy job. Whereas the problem is, Flusher did try and apparently discard his taxes. So if he's dumb enough to do that as a world-famous Counter-Strike player, actually, I don't know if he is going to give you great tax advice. And you know what? Here's the problem, Semler. Yeah, obviously he'd be great at finding loopholes, wouldn't he? But the issue is, sometimes they retroactively change those. I don't know if people know this about tax, and then just go back and fuck everyone up the arse who did, like, the legit thing at the time. Like, because it's spoiler, the tax system, like every other system, isn't made so you, the little guy, can win. It's the big guy, like, put it this way, a certain speaker of the house's husband will be inside trading until the end of time, mate, making millions. You you fucking don't, like, pay one parking ticket. You'll be you'll be in prison, mate. They'll come with a shotgun and blow your kid's head off if he answers the door. So we don't live in the same world as all these people so there we go i don't think for the tax one and logically simple would be the worst therapist of all time imagine this yeah doc ah i'm having really dark thoughts i I don't know what i'm gonna do for the night ha same as me i don't know what i'm gonna do this summer i'm crazy you're crazy lol uh doc (laughs) can i just go to the toilet a minute oh yeah what do you mean take my shoelaces out give me a fucking break (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go. Give I can't it just be. It's like, have you noticed? I'm actually. People don't know this. It's actually so sad. This is a real tide tangent. I'm going to take you on for a second, Samler. Do you want to know something? I actually find genuinely like mildly depressing. I haven't said anything that could actually be considered like wrong for about seven years, Samler. It's mental at this point in time. But the dramas are worse than ever. Because now it's become that even when I haven't said something, they just try to get me on false pretenses. It's like everyone's a corrupt cop in the esports industry, just planted evidence to catch me. Because think about oh, I, that joke I just did there, Samler. That was a very edgy joke, except my execution was perfect. Because I went up to the line, I didn't go over it. You can't catch me on anything there. Yeah, I even made it a vague illusion at the end as to what I meant about the shoelaces, right? But that's what fucking sucks about this industry is now it's just, it used to be if you did something, they might get mad at that. Now if they just don't like it, you don't even have to have done anything, just make it up. So it is, isn't it? You, you, yeah. you should know this, man. <laughs> well, that's the, that, that, that is the strategy is uh, put you on the defensive and then there you go. They control the momentum and Perfect. you have to defend yourself. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh, nightmare fuel. I, uh, huh. Okay. This is a double. It's a weird one. BZ and Ko- Kozia. Uh, who are some of the smartest players outside of the game? And coincidentally at the same time, who are some of the dumbest players outside of the game? Um, okay, that's an interesting one. Let's do smartest first. Like, I mean, one of the first ones that quite obviously comes to mind for me is Elige. Seems like a very smart guy. I even think, by the way, this will sound like a weird side tangent, but I'll, I'll take it. I actually think the fact that he is so smart is his problem. Like, the reason why he has been in his own way a little bit deaverish in his teams is... But remember, this guy used to be a StarCraft player. Like, he, he wants things exactly how they want, and he wants to rely on himself and do, like, all the practice he's done. If you have a teammate who's a bad attitude or they don't practice as much or they're not as good in the gear, yeah, something like that's going to be a bit divish. Like, when you're really smart as well, you're also constantly thinking about ways to win and improve. So if you are if you have teammates who don't, by the way, you're going to get pissed off with them. If you just have some bonehead teammate who's like, I just played a game of frag, bruh, yeah, you're going to get annoyed with that guy eventually. Like, that's going to cause problems. Being so smart can be a curse at times. I've often thought, and I'm not joking, I've said it on by the numbers in the past, I knew some really stupid 1.6 pros, similar who were fucking amazing at 1.6. Like, in the game, you wouldn't even know they were stupid, by the way. In the game, they were winning clutches and looking like they had game sense. But outside of the game, they were dumb as fuck. And I genuinely believe, similar that it helped them to be so stupid. 
Whereas I noticed the really smart guys, the device, device is another name, the devices of the world, because they're smart, they'll constantly reflect back on games they lost, lost and, oh, could I have done more? Do I need to practice in some way? Is he just better than me? The guy who's a dumb fuck just goes, I'm probably just the best. Lol, I shot him. Like, like that guy's fucking great in it. So I would say device elige, they're a couple of the smart ones. Here's what's weird is... I actually think in the game, Simple is fuck is a genius. I actually think he has some of the best games. Himself. I think outside the game, he is dumb as fuck. <laughs> I mean, you see it by these tweet things. Like, I, I remember, guys, I didn't make him be that way. I just drew it out of him. That's all I did. Who would you pick yeah. for either of those categories? You've got to have some names here. I mean, it's like I. Oh, out, out, oh, outside of the game, I'm going to go with Smoyers, one of the dumbest. This guy just, I don't think Smoogie's learned to this day, mate. It seems like he's, here's the thing. Smoogie appears like, it's he's like Nico. He hasn't actually improved. He's just a bit less obnoxious. So you can confuse that for improvement. But as far as I can tell, the same fundamental issues remain. They're just not as quite obnoxious. It doesn't seem as bad. Yeah, I this one is one I'm going to dodge on because I don't really have anything. Like, it's just the dumb side of things. I don't really have anything that doesn't sound mean-spirited. You know what I mean? So it's like, I would rather just avoid that entirely. What about for the smart side? you got to have and, one name for me. Come on. I mean, the smartest outside of the game, the guys that I've always enjoyed talking with are, the, are like back in the day were like the French guys. NBK always had interesting takes on everything. It was fun to talk with him. Existence, when I, get, when I did get to interact with him, was always just mega fun to talk to because he just- I'll put Carrigan in there. Working. Carrigan. But I, I never spent that much time uh, talking with Carrigan uh, on a, in a one-on-one sort of thing. I was closer with the French guys back in the day. It's weird. Uh, so. Carrigan is a mega fun guy to talk to. It's the reason why I did that Stratbook episode with him and I've done a past reflect. Basically, yeah. he's the guy where him and Cassad, there's another one, there's another name, because you might not expect it. The reason why Cassad or Zeus or Carrigan are mega to talk to is they're the guys who, first of all, they remember all the rounds of the games they played. You can just go into those stories of what you're doing here and what you're thinking. And also, when they, it's not luck that these guys succeed. Somewhere. they'll tell you exactly what their strategy is what they're going to do like right what i'm going to do is i know in the veto we got to get them to nuke and then we get them there we're going to do this like they're super fucking cerebral guys they just have a mega sort of and they can also explain themselves so i definitely put a lot of those names there we go that was a good set of names that'd be good uh let's see uh chinulada how come in most dota events players are competing inside soundproof booths and this is not being done for cs events and would you prefer to have it in cs as well because it's just the trend in Dota and has been for many, many years. I suspect part of it comes from how much Chinese Dota was the big thing. If you notice in Asia, that seems to be the go-to movers. You make the booth. Like in Korea, it's always been the way they did there for many, many years. So the reason in the West we don't do it is because, what do you know, Sam? Like every time you make a Reddit thread about sound, a dickhead comes into there and goes, but you can't have booths because it's a fire hazard. Because oh, what Adam Apicella said that like six years ago, and he meant about specific states and specific arenas. Spoiler. Oh, there's a million like daughter there's a million places you can have a booth so part look the part of the reasons why have been run over many many times one they're usually not as perfect as you think the booths they let in a little bit of sound the really good ones like the ti ones cost way more and tend to be a static thing you have to build and keep there now listen Here's the thing. All these excuses don't work because at the end of them all, by the way, Sabla, in the same way as they have them for TI, can we at least have them for majors, even if that means we have to have the major in the same location? It would improve that aspect. And then finally, the one part I'll say I think is different about uh, CS Golden Daughter is another reason in Daughter you need that booth is you can't trust like Chinese fans, for example, not to shout when a gank's coming in on a player on like a fucking Chinese team. They would just do that and ruin the game. In CS Go, when they chant, in theory, unless you're the fucking Royal Arena crowd, like at the blast 
past four finals last year. Usually you can't really get the info through. You're just vaguely shouting something and maybe he knows like there's someone behind me or something. So the one thing I'll say about CSGO pros is they basically will say, I'm willing to take the hit even if it hurts the integrity because they want the whole angle of the crowd and to feel the crowd and to play with the crowd. So I think in CS, we've just decided it's a compromise we're going to take because let's be real. One of the selling points of CS compared to the other games assembly is how amazing the top pros are at playing up to the camera. Like if you see a simple, a Carrigan, dude, these guys are like WWE quality in terms of how good they are, like turning to the camera and doing like a thing. The League of Legends and Dota guys can't do it on that level, guys. They aren't. They're just way more amateurish. So in a way, I'd sort of say the problem is, even though I would do it in my world, I think actually CSGO fans almost want this environment of the crowd, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. They don't even know it. I think also there's a reason why that you need to insulate the uh, the Chinese players in particular in Dota is just because of all of the uh, racial epithets and everything. <laughs> it's, it's apparently Valve like call signs or something because it's letting them get away with it. It would be too it's hard, evolved. you know, for the for the fans not to hear it, and so uh, you need to isolate them as well. It goes both ways. It goes both ways on those. Uh, Let's part about that is they're going to think you're joking, Samler. They don't know because uh, sadly we're obviously with a Western audience. You guys don't know it was just your country brainwashing you for twenty or thirty years that you're evil and you should get out of the way. And all those other in China they tell them to this day you're the best fuck all the other races and countries like you're just loving it mate yeah you are the best number one of course that's just what they think for real you you think you're based if you pretend to think that they think that for real there's fucking you could just go and see some housewife and she's like yeah of course you know folding the things and of course China number one and fuck every other country oh yeah oh I stay at school son like that's just the fucking world there mate you guys don't know the matrix you live in <laughs> that, is, that is pretty much it yeah the extent of it goes right there uh, yeah and that's 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 kind of it like as far as the uh it's just trade-offs it's always going to be trade-offs so you're gonna you can't uh you can't have a foolproof booth uh but uh, at the same time you know with headsets you're gonna you may hear sound like i from a caster point of view it is a little bit frustrating sometimes not to have booths just because the booths you lose some of the showmanship but you do gain some of the sound insulation so when i cast then it goes into an into an arena environment i do have to change how i cast Otherwise, I'm giving information to the players, and I know I'm Wait giving a minute, information Samla. to the players. I'm confused now because you say that, but I hear casters that Reddit tells me is way better than you literally cast in arenas and go, and this flank is going to be crazy on long air, and then magically the guy on long air just looks around instantly. Yeah. Weird how that works. It's almost it, like there's it, a skill to cast in an arena. Well, or casting <laughs> it with integrity or any of those things. I mean, because like I don't want to influence the game. I know that I can influence the game. I've literally seen it happen. Oh, so gosh. there was like, and just at the Stockholm Major, like it was, it was a clear indicator of like, okay, I need to really be careful here, even more than I usually am, because it was very obvious on the first time when I was like, oh, okay, they can clearly hear what I'm saying. So I actually really do need to be careful. So like my Stockholm Stockholm Major commentary was as vague as I could make it, while still trying to give some information. Like I was also trying to be as vague as possible on purpose so that i wouldn't give anything away um that's just whatever so like if there was booths would that be different you know eh. but that's the trade-off because like you say we lose the show element of things and i i think that that also is huge like kerrigan interacting with the camera is is, is an awesome thing and it really it really does yep. add to the stream so it's always trade-offs it's always a discussion on that all right uh, butt pounder 420 what is your favorite number i think you answered oh, the question by the, way, the one other thing we forgot to touch because one last point to make is this okay. one thing people never think about is this i actually think sports is the only area i've ever seen where the sjw principle of instead of me changing change the world for me can work because dude tennis shows you can just kick out the people who ruined the sport by shouting as long as oh, yeah. you set it as a, like a culture and you have the people visible that they're going to take you and you see the first guy get kicked out, 
there's yeah. a reason those matches can continue without being ruined. Well, the problem I get is this. I get the vibe, if you look at the way they're doing it now in CSGO, they're trying to get a, a football crowd. All those ultras that, well, that type of person exactly. isn't going to sit down and be quiet. They're not going to politely watch and go, well, so we'll check that, better be quiet. That person's going to do the opposite. So yeah, the problem is in the world they've created, we have to go with the more culture, the installation culture angle. Yeah. That's a really good point, actually. I'm glad that you brought that up because that is, you couldn't be clearer in terms of the differences. Yeah. All right. Um, butt, pounder, butt pounder. It's just, it's the, the obvious meme. Uh, Hinoda. If you were invited to JRE, what subject would you talk about in order to join the based hall of removed after posting episodes? There we go. So what would get you removed, basically? I mean, the joke here, Semler, the obvious ultimate... reality? The obvious ultimate punchline joke would be you would just tell Joe Rogan the reality of female esports, <laughs> which would be the most verboten <laughs> thing you could ever do, apparently. Uh, well, the, no, just talking about reality is verboten. Any number of subjects. Actually, like, again, I'll just throw it back. Like, there is that website that I found uh jremissing.com and there's 113 episodes now that have been that are missing from spotify and uh and it's all sorts of different hosts as well it's not like i mean you got stefan molyneux on there you've got milo yiannopoulos you know you got the the usual suspects who are uh who are out there talking on interesting topics there's some weird ones all right but there's also some ones where it's just like theo vaughn it's like why did he get cut like or at least if theo vaughn is I mean, the one i'm thinking about comedian. yeah podcaster? i'm guessing he must have just joked about some edgy like probably exactly. about trans people or something if i had to guess you know and that's almost certainly what what happened. Yeah, Theo Vaughn yes. is just like that comedian podcaster dude. So it's like, what is that guy talking about that's going to get him taken off? So again, uh, like everything is verboten now if you actually just talk about reality. If you talk about anything to do with culture, anything to do with uh, uh, the trans madness, anything to do with any of those topics, you're pretty much going to get taken off immediately. Here's so, my uh, answer, though. I've got a better one because that's okay. a funny answer. But here's the better answer. Being us, I'm only going to get one crack at it anyway. It's Joe Rogan experience, isn't it? If I was there, here's what I would actually do. Normally, I actually think calling people out is really fucked up. Like, I think, for example, if someone invites you on a show, it wouldn't be appropriate for you to go on and then call it. What about Alistair? But in the case of Joe Rogan, he's a guy where he tries to get into these weeds when he has pings people on of controversies and things. So here's what I would bring up to Joe Rogan that would absolutely get the show. It would probably end early and it would definitely get removed. I would just bring up to Joe Rogan, hey, Joe, I used to actually follow you before you actually started doing this podcast when you were just doing the UFC Fear Fact and you had that forum and I saw a lot of very interesting material like I heard you call into a few radio shows talking about this the moon missions Joe anyway let me have let me just open this little can of worms because you have some interesting changes in your opinion Joe over the years and it almost seems like it aligns with when you got rich and famous and met certain people so I'd just like to put a few points to you that you made about 10-15 years ago and I'd just start reading it and that's all I'm saying is it'd be an amazing episode 100% getting taken down 100% dude I don't even know if you'd make also you're playing by their rules what you're going to hold them to things to tweets from 15 years ago now are you going to play the SJW game no no he was on a radio show sure yeah yeah, yeah. but it's just like you know the, the, the no, argument you're missing the point I'm, I'm implying he just changed his opinions for money Yes, yes, yes. No, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. No, that, that's, yeah, but the reason why the SOW angers fuck is that you might not hold that opinion anymore. I, I think he genuinely just changed his whole perspective on a, quite a big topic just because it, like, he knew he was becoming enormous and he was sort of told, look, you can't be one of those guys who thinks that and get the top of the media business. Like, Because in his case, yeah. remember, he, he actually was someone where I do think there were times where they would have banned him because he had like the dual threat. He's simultaneously on the UFC and the internet enormous. Like, You can't let a person like that, if you, if you want to control certain concepts, just run wild with them they're gonna just well, fucking this is why you know, it just continues to be more and more like a controlled opposition kind of idea yeah Where, you know jerry is just like oh he's edgy oh he's a free speech advocate oh and it's just like in the meantime uh 100 and something episodes removed 
Uh, you what just I have do to with that is I go the other way now. What I do is I think of it like this, Semler. I think of Joe Rogan. This might be an interesting tangent. I think of Joe Rogan like the character. You know, in the movie V for Vendetta, the book's way better, but obviously everyone's seen yeah. the movie. In the movie, they have Stephen Fry, the famous British comic and intellectual, play that like, like late night TV host who's actually trying to sort of like be a little bit edgy towards the regime. He's sort of like trying to make fun yeah. of the ch- Chancellor guy played by John, John Hunt, etc. Right, that guy, basically that's who Joe Rogan is now. He's allowed to be the main guy in a box. So here's the thing. You have to now view it the other way, Samler. If you actually know the realities of the industry, he couldn't be a person with integrity and be at that level. He couldn't be a person telling the truth about things like the topic I mentioned earlier, about certain other topics, about who controls things. He can't be honest by definition and be in that position. Otherwise, they'll remove him, they'll ban him, and he wouldn't have got there in the first place. So what you have to do instead is think of that guy there. That guy can't have been the ultimate resistance person, or he wouldn't have been on the TV in V for Vendetta. But what he's trying to do is this. Can I put any subversion into my product, though? Can I go, like, 99% what the regime wants, but then put a little bit in there? Put a little breadcrumb that someone could take? That's At at this point in time, if you know the way the media world is already bought and paid for, and it's a game that we cannot get into, if they can even give you a little breadcrumb, that's something still. That's still better than nothing. It is, in a way. So just understand it, it, they, it's just compromise right again trade-offs right where he's trading but he's trading everyone in media is that's my point yeah he's so just, you've, got, you've he's, only got two choices you either turn it off completely because it's compromised or you just try and get whatever little bit legit he put in there out it's got to be one of the two yeah fair enough fair enough but it's obviously like i said earlier the real fantasy is what actually probably everyone watching this thinks similar which is like what are you talking about he had all integrity and said sorry and battled spotify and he won and actually the walk employees were wrong ha huh? go walk go broke by the way don't ever say that line out loud go walk go broke it doesn't make any sense you morons the joke is the people going walk even do it where it's like we have unlimited money and we don't even have to make any back for this like that's the opposite of what you want to say you idiots they've got an unlimited supply it's about controlling the whole world in it like fucking hell What's the last question? There must be one more, is there? Are there any oh, yeah, more? No, there's, there's a couple Oh, more keep here. going then. Keep going. All right. So, uh, Skazord, happy 10th anniversary to see us go with such a rich history already. Who do you think is the biggest disappointment so far? Could be players, talent, events, TOs. Uh, ooh, Say that again. Uh, right, here's what we need to do, Sam. Can you just copy and paste the question into the chat here so I can see it? Oh, yeah. Like each time you do it, just do that so I can just double check. Sometimes I get lost halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Here, I'll do that. But yeah, uh, okay, so which with with such a rich history already, who do you think is the biggest disappointment? Where did you put this? So it's not in the chat. Where is it? Could be players' talent. I'm just. Where's the question? Oh, right. Okay, I'll go to the question channel. Go on. Here, there we go. So Skazord. Uh could be players' talent, events, tos. I mean, to me, E League is probably the biggest disappointment because that is. I enjoyed working on that so much. It was so much fun. That was probably like peak CS:GO was working E League. Because the quality of life was terrific. The team was terrific. We had quality CS as well. Should we do it similar? It's never been done on this show before because obviously Richard had a very different relationship with E-League and so he had his own perspective on it. We've never actually talked, by the way, about what happened to you and Anders. So first of all, you can choose how much you want to reveal here, but basically, as far as I know, you and Anders had to pick between E-League or do Pro League and be part of ESL and all their circuit, right? And you chose E-League because, and this is the key point I'm going to make, because they also implied very heavily that they were going to be around years and years. CS was a huge part of their part. And if people don't know, in something like two years, they'd already shrunk everything down like lords. They'd become like CS was a side game. Now it's all fighting games. Like Basically, they sold everyone a false bill of goods. I'm sorry they did. They did. 
They did, they I, did. Dude, I thought I was going to be literally, I'm not joking, I thought I was going to be living half a year in America for like five, I thought now I'd still be doing that, to be on TV in America, like, it was, it was, it really wasn't what they sold us in my opinion. Give your thoughts. No, that was, that was, that was pretty much my experience as well, yeah. So that's, pro that's why I'm mentioning them as probably the biggest disappointment for me, because it was, it was something, it was a project that I was just so excited to work on. Everybody there was great. The, I mean, it was just, it was like the, so much. Oh, the day to day was awesome. Yeah. It's the peak. It's the peak. It's what you, it's what you really hope to be able to get onto a project of that caliber, working with that, with that quality team. You know, it was just like the dream, everything coming together. And then, yeah, it just, it just folded so quickly. That was a, you know, one of the other black pills, I guess, when it, you're just like, holy shit. Okay. Um, so even when you have the means of like a Turner, it's still not going to be enough to be able to make it work for CSGO in that sense. Like it's so brutal that, uh, somehow we keep having these esports organizations that are keep, that are, that keep being able to find infinite amounts of money from fools. They keep finding fools every week to be able to fleece and take their money. But you know, you get a real player in who actually tracks numbers and who actually looks for a business case and all that. And they, they, they barely last a year. They're like, fuck this noise. What are you people on about? We're out a year and a half and that's it. We're done. But yeah, you're right. It was really unfortunate because that opened the door. I mean, from a, from a casting tactical point of view, uh, in terms of position, um, every, you, you know, from day one that ESL, they're like the cockroaches of the, of the scene in the sense that they're just, they could survive a nuclear blast and ESL are still going to be here. You, they can lose money hand over fist for years and years and years, and they still find what, a way to survive. choice of words oh. there, by the way. Sorry? You said the fortunate choice of words, you said they could survive a nuclear blast. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's, that's the thing, man. Like, uh. I just, just meant because obviously I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, the given, given, uh, given the current geopolitical uh, situation. But like, um, that's the, the unfortunate thing with ESL. Well, the unfortunate thing with that is that we gave up our position in ESL where we could have continued to pair up and, and grow there uh, to take the risk with E-League. And it was a risk. We just thought that it was going to be like a really sick risk or, you know, like it was going to be really sick and it was worth the risk. And then it turns out, obviously, we got duped. Uh, and that opened the door for Sato and Henry to come in and then Sato and Henry got more market share in the commentary scene. And then, uh, and then things, you know, developed from there. Um, so we wound up, you know, cause the, the, at the whole point, the whole point of that situation was that we were going to have three leagues to be working with. And so there would be room for all the commentators, you know, cause at the time you had, uh, you had flat face it. So it was DDK and Bardolf doing their thing. Um, Anders and I had ESL, but then, you know, we went to E-League that opened the door for Sato and Henry, and then everybody would have their league. And, um, and then obviously that's not how it played out. So yeah, that was a, that was a big disappointment. E-League, man, that really, that was a kick in the dick. And then that's, that's followed up by Flashpoint, to be fair. That was going to uh, be like, my pick uh, yeah, for obvious I mean, reasons. Cause I think like, about that, there's another false spell of words concerned. that I was sold. So I was told, I've told the story before. I was told I was joining a league that had Astralis guaranteed to be in it when they were the number one team in the world and had won the major like three months earlier or maybe like maybe two months earlier even. When I signed up, I signed up to a six-figure contract in a league that was going to have two $1 million tournaments. One would be in LA, one would be in the fucking Globe, in er Ericsson Globe in Sweden around the time of the major, by the way, but obviously two years earlier. And I would get Astralis and then because we had Astralis, we were going to get, you know, maybe Fnatic and Mouse and OG and evil geniuses and all of a sudden yeah. I would have had like let's say a third of the top teams that ESL wants in Pro League wouldn't be there they'd be at my tournament and I'd then be doing all the stuff we were doing there because remember we would have been doing loads of content and skits and interviews with players and trash talk segments and they would have trash talked each other as they picked their other teams for the groups and there would be all these narratives because you had the three group stages then into the playoffs for the million dollars oh the whole thing like it's one of the best ideas I've ever heard and then one of the most woeful 
really underwhelming, like actual executions of an idea and reality. Like it's it's it was like genuinely, I've never ever thought about actually quitting esports because I do esports for me. But that actually did make me just think like maybe fuck CS:GO. Maybe I should just leave CS:GO entirely and just do other games. Because like yeah. the other thing about it was this similar. It was bad enough the reality of what happened with Flashpoint to have the entire community do that thing where they go, you know what, Thorin, even though this is ostensibly a nearly objectively good thing overall in every respect for the scene, we're going to pretend it's just all bad because you're doing it. Like, I'm just done with that, mate. I'm not helping anyone in CSGO anymore. I'm just helping myself now. Fuck them. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve help. They deserve to get fucked over by Nickel and Iom and the concert ESL and have all fucking evil people run every league while also then paying women to shut the fuck up about sexism to blame their league. You deserve all that. You deserve a corrupted, like, fucking fallen world where everyone's just a husk of a man. You don't deserve people like me. Yeah, there we go. All right. IWD. Thorin, you've often expressed admiration for players like Kobe who care about their legacy and make sure to grind out every championship they can before they step away from the game. Does that view make it harder for you to step away from working majors, which many see as the pinnacle achievement in analysis? I know why he says that, because obviously, like, he set it up there. Of, like, if I just looked at my career like I was an athlete and these are my chances to win championships. Yeah, that part makes sense. If I already think of it that way. But the problem is this, mate. I'm never thinking of it that way. I, the reason I won't work with ESL and PGL are for literally moral reasons. Like, I would consider that to sell my soul to work for those companies until certain very important things are rectified or changed, and especially the messaging within those companies. Like, people don't get this. People really think... I have had talent say this to me. People think that I just misphrased that comment about, like, I won't work with ESL again unless they, like, fire the person who took the... I intentionally did it, similar to burn the ships so that I had no choice but to go forwards. I couldn't go back to ESL because what i decided is actually i won't work for a company that does that like look i could just go nothing to do with me i'm not a pro player or a team i'm just a commentator <laughs> i'll be at the event anyway i could do that like all you fucking idiots think i can't you all really believe esl wouldn't hire me like the joke is i could have done that but i think I, I, that's not who i am in the industry anymore i'm not here just to be a guy on stream i wanted to make a moral stand and i also sadly i will say i thought some players would join me or someone would be like yes I, i'm spartacus too and no one did not even any are you ready almost no players except some really small ones even messaged me to say thank you they all acted this is what they always do to me Semler. i could literally go i'm going to do a hunger strike until this thing ends and everyone would go he's just doing it for attention yeah like there's never any like there's never a positive reason as to why i do anything it always has to be some evil thing which by the way is a great sign because if you know how inverted and fallen the world is it's only the good people they lie about and say all the time are the scum fucks and the liars and the ones doing all the criminal stuff. Just look at me and Richard's careers. It's made out as though everything we said was made up. The joke is you can't find anything we said that was made up because we're so good at our journalistic protocols. We don't put things on the record that are, uh, are sketchy, that might be from a dodgy source, that weren't real, that were just made up to sex and sen sensationalize and titillate. We don't do that. So basically, the general answer is, unfortunately, I won't miss that because there's, there's a bigger thing at play here than just working at some CSGO events. And also, 
I agree. Like, look, I would. Here's the thing that will be sad if you love my analysis. I would never have lost my appetite ever for it. As in, if I if CS:GO was still a big game in 2030, I would be at the majors. I would do the work as an analyst. I would love it. I've never ever been the guy who was in the green room like I'm bored of these games. Oh, they're not in the final. Are they? Oh, this is boring. I'm always the guy who's loving it. I love CS:GO. But the problem is, this guy's. I don't give a flying fuck about working for some of the scum fucks you have to in this industry. I definitely don't want to compromise who I am as a person. So if you can only do it now, if you take like fucking sketchy fucking medical operations on on that you don't even need you just get told you have to have them if you can only do it if you're fine with the company being sold to the most evil people in the world if you're only fine with the company just fucking over all the small people to help out the big guys so they don't join a rival league then yeah that's the price you pay to work those events so to me everyone i won't sit there like with four more going oh i wish i was at the major i'll just think oh it's esl i don't want to be at an esl event i, I i've done enough majors like i agree i wouldn't have run out of doing them i'll do more but i've also done enough you have to remember i always say this to people you guys can't envision this because you see the finished product you don't know who i was through my life if i go back to 2010 i was watching the people analyze the majors thinking i wish that was me I got the chance to do that and I didn't just do it. I became the number one person in the world. In fact, someone like, I think, I think Moses or Yanko has to do like three or four more majors as an analyst to even reach my record. You know how insane that is? That I couldn't even work half the majors. I've got the record for working at them. Like, I've already had an amazing career as an analyst, guys. It was never my main thing. You know this, Sam. It was always my side gig. It's an awesome side gig if you can do it. Like, I had a, I was in such a sweet spot for so many years. But you also have to understand there's a time and a place for everything. Like, that was the time for that and that time has moved on we're in a new season now as it were and i'm more if anything i'm going to be more on my own channel i'm going to be on this company i'm going to be doing my own shit and crucially there's the final thing to say yes in the short term if you only want to watch the mainstream you're not going to see me on majors but you'll see me on majors on my shows on this channel you'll see me doing stuff so you will still get the analysis in fact if, if i do it well maybe you get better analysis yeah indeed because now you really are. Uh, well, I mean, that was always the advantage, and that was what it was always. You know, if there was like a tinge of envy or jealousy, it was that you were putting in the work. Uh, it's it's like I I attempted to do the same thing with Room on Fire, where it's just like let's let's try and create content, let's try and create a platform so that we have some independence from the orgs. Because if we're always beholden to the orgs, that's it. We're going to be slaves to being commentators or analysts, and we'll always be their bitches. Which is do you know how sad that is. Because the problem, if people don't know, is me and you only became friends, like, almost last out of the group. Like, we only became friends, like, four or five years ago, basically. So the problem is, if we'd actually been, like I was with, like, Lopez and Anders and Richard, if I'd have known you as well at the beginning, like, we'd actually been friends. Dude, we would have just done this ourselves and said, fuck the real fire. We would have just made all these, like, we would have done this company, and the joke is back then, and made all the top talent in the big people doing all the, we could have done that. We actually had these ideas, just as you're saying, some of the other people we needed to help, just, they're just too lazy, or they're too busy, or whatever. It is you what know. it is. Yeah, it is. It's uh, but it's it is interesting. Um, what about your take though? Because here's the thing: that same applies to you. Like you were there from the beginning of majors. In fact, I remember how hard you had to battle to get hired for the ESL majors and put on the final. Doesn't part doesn't part of you think it's kind of bullshit? I'm not going to work anymore in my future, or that might be it for majors. Do you ever think that? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely thought of it, especially after the past. Uh, uh, well, like especially after the drama at the end of last year and also just the fact that I'm more honest. I mean, the, the trade-off is just that I, I'm happy to be more honest now. Now, like, and that's, that is the thing. Like, I've changed my perspective so much on so many topics. Um, and I don't think that I want to, uh, it's not like I, uh, the thing is that it's not like I was being dishonest earlier either. It's just that I used to be the default liberal bot and now I've kind of changed around on that. And I'm still being honest. It's just that now I don't agree with the vast majority of what's going on around me. 
And it's just a matter of saying it. But that the thing is that people don't like when you actually say that, and or when you when you express yourself honestly around them, when you say things they don't want to hear. Uh, not not that I'm making excuses, because I talked about this this morning on my stream as well. And that uh, right now, you know, in terms of the commentators, uh, it's a pretty locked up kind of um, rotation as well. I mean, you got four excellent duos uh, that are doing work and Blast are doing uh, Blast are doing year long deals now, which is not something that I thought at the beginning of the year. I thought that they were going to be going you know event by event, but they're they're doing year long deals now, so that pretty much closes the door on Blast. And then ESL also have their their talent set pretty much, you know, with Sp Sponge and. Uh, uh, Sponge and Machine and uh, Harry and Hugo. I mean, that's it. They've got two duos, and then if they need it, they they bring in Anders and Moses, right? And there you go. They're they're set in terms of commentary. So it's not like <clears throat> it's not like uh, even if I wanted to cast Tier One CS, I don't think it would be an easy thing. I guess I kind of shot myself in the foot. That's what I was talking about this morning. Uh, I kind of shot myself uh, on, uh, or, or or killed my one opportunity, I guess, that I had to try and launch a new duo, and that was with the uh, the major. But uh, as it happens, you know, PGL wanted to to put put in place this vax mandate, and I just couldn't abide it. I just couldn't go along with it, and so I, you know, I just said no to the event. But that was probably the only window that I would have, at least in the foreseeable future, uh, to start a new duo and to try and get a new duo out there and see if that could work. Uh, because, like I said, you know, the 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 rest of it is all kind of tied up in multi month, multi year long deals, so it makes it very difficult to to get in. So in a way, I did sacrifice like the one opportunity I had uh, to to try and like get a new duo going. But I think in in the end, it was worth it. You know, um, couldn't agree couldn't agree with what was being done. Just didn't uh, couldn't sit with it, uh, and so it was worthwhile. So I don't regret it in that sense. Obviously, you know, from, from like a monetary point of view, obviously that's always the way that it goes. You know, as well though. The thing is, is like if you're thinking about the money, then that that's what makes you the slave. Because then you're going to you're going to cave and do whatever you can to continue getting the money, but yes. at the end of the day, I'm, I'm I'm you know it's like I make far less money now, but I'm also far happier. <laughs> so so it's like a weird it's a weird mix in that sense, right? Uh, yeah, because it would have involved too much compromise to keep making the money, and uh, I don't think that was worth it in the end. I'm much happier with how things are going now, and we'll just have to keep going. You know, like you say, you know, burn the ships behind you and just move forward. Exactly. Right. So. Let's see. We have three more questions here. Uh, Toby, who is the better football manager player, D-Man or Richard Lewis? The problem with that is it's sort of a joke because obviously Richard famously does like the football manager stream. But the joke is, and this is true, that was when we realized how bad D-Man's career got when like all he did anymore was just stream football manager. So it was like a running joke on this show. So the joke there, unfortunately, is I can only answer it as a joke. Like, I've never actually seen D-Man play, so I assume Richard's good. I one time watched part of one of Richard's. The problem is that's not really my content. And then secondly, I actually find those games have gone too in-depth. Like when I used to play the championship manager game in like 1993, it was mega simple. You just put the players on your team and you buy the players but then you play the match out on this one you can do everything similar you can like train them you can like fucking give them like drugs and special therapy like they've got they've given too many options like too customizable so to me it's like too much of a nerd game now it's become like flight simulator which apparently is also like oh no it was actually the chewy guy that was doing flight simulator there's another game I think maybe D-Man did flight simulator too oh yeah something like that who knows uh, that's not like flight similar all those guys who build out the whole cockpit and everything it's just freaking wild the it's just too niche goes. exactly it's just not my thing uh, okay, so um, Oskvi, what are the biggest differences between CS 1.6 and CS 1.3? Okay. This is a you question because I'm not yeah. a, that's, a, that's before my time. Right, I think the, I the reason why... 
the reason why this is a key question is because one, since CS 1.6, they didn't change the version after that, even when they updated it. So it just stayed for like 15, 16 years or something. Everyone thinks CS just is CS 1.6 and always was. And they always famously say, CS 1.6 forever. Whereas the joke is those of us who like the old versions are like, CS 1.6 was the worst version. What are you talking about? Because basically CS 1.3 had a fundamental switch when it went to 1.5, which stayed for 1.6, which was this. When you used to jump in CS 1.6, three it was more like in a quake or a half-life game you jump and there's like an arc and then you land and you can just jump again what happened is just like in cs gold there's a, a slightly not as bad version but in 1.6 they changed it in 1.5 so that actually when you hit the ground you sort of your inertia stops and you sort of like oh, there's more inertia sort of like it's like you just sort of have to wait a second before you can jump again because they didn't want people to bunny hop right even though in pro play bunny hopping was barely relevant basically they were just mad that on public servers people could have used scripts and bunny hops or they they took that out well the problem is that actually spoiled the game because think about it if i can run and jump continuously without getting that slow down it means you have to be even better at aiming to kill me if i am on a pistol eco if i'm just pinned to the ground on a pistol eco you just sit there and you spray me down with an m4a1s so it already made that different then they made it so that the op couldn't come out as quick scope as fast it was a little bit slower and they made it so i had to scope properly into the rifle whereas you used to switch out the rifles there's just little tricks like that so unfortunately and then they also in my opinion and fucked up the spray a little bit they made the spray a little bit harder basically in 1.3 if you were just amazing at spraying and you really got control at the beginning you could get like most of the bullets into the guy what they did in 1.5 is they made it so that halfway through spraying the guy full auto like so, like say like eight, eight bullets in they'd give you a bullet that almost like randomized so you were like getting it right and then it would just suddenly fire off somewhere and it made spraying like less so basically these things all just made like the pro end of the game slightly worse and not as good and so that's the reason I was always against it like fundamentally it's still a good game but it's a bit of a dumbed down game because I think they were trying to appeal to the pub players, as it were. Exactly. That's and that's always where you're trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator, yep. and that's just going to lead to a a, a weaker esport. I th personally, I think just because I, you want to see the levels get pushed, and adding random shit in there just for the sake of ran adding random stuff is just it, it's just going to detract. Um, actually, to circle back real quick on that last question, it did end on like a bit of a sad note, but. It really is like, like you said, uh, I've worked all the majors. I worked TBS. I've worked, uh, you know, I had like a terrific career. So it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, what was me or anything? It's like I had a fucking terrific career. Uh, and the career is not over. It's just in a little bit of a, in, in a bit of a dip. And that's all it is. And we're going to see where it goes. Uh, stand by my decisions and stand by what I've said. And, you know, we go from here. So it's not like, oh, you know, sad sack, like, oh, what was me or anything like that, guys, by, by no means. But it is interesting to keep in perspective. You know, it's just like, yeah, I've done a good amount of shit as well. So. I'm not too worried about it, right? It's not like I've I've missed out on anything. All right. Um, last question. Archives of Justinian. If all orgs with CS teams were publicly listed, which would you invest in? Uh, pretty straightforward, actually. I think I would just go with uh, one of the guys, like the org that is publicly listed, I'd go with Ents, just because I think that they are making terrific decisions with a small budget. So if you could actually, you know, put some investment into them and let them have a little bit more leeway, uh, a little bit more of a budget, perhaps, to make some bigger moves. I feel like they would just continue along the same track record of uh, coming up with the goods. So, yeah, I would uh, I would go with Ents 
The only problem with that is they are not publicly listed because they're not even a team as far as I know that's done much VC. So the issue is, I don't think they would be the ends that you want to do if they decided to go public. They'd have probably taken the VC as well. So they'd be a different team there. But I get what you mean. If you, if we just did it today and it was like that. The problem is, like, because as I alluded to in these trials, it's not really about the CSGO team. It's about the org and the business, basically. I would just pick the ones that look like really good businesses, like Cloud9 and G2 are the obvious ones. I think those ones seem like a slam dunk. Team Liquid, maybe. Like, these are the ones that, to me, just seem like they'll be around enough the 10 years they might be in a, if it becomes like an nfl scenario they'll rise with the tides like these are the teams that will be dominating esports for decades to come i think yeah that's a fair point to make uh it's a, like i know what you mean in terms of like uh if they would change if they got vc but i feel like if you were to keep the management based off of the decisions that they've made so far guys like not and all that you know the decisions that they made this far to build the the build the org feel like ends could potentially continue in the same line if you kept the same kind of management then because they would know how to scale it right i guess that's i just get behind them because like guys like them like bme uh black molly entertainment you know guys who haven't taken the vc who are actually just building uh orgs uh, building it year on year uh through profit right and actually reinvesting into the company with whatever they make like that sort of thing i got a lot of respect for in this space where it's so easy to find the vc to find the vc money and to just rob people essentially so um so yeah, I would I would be big supporter events uh, going into that sort of environment because it'd be really fun to watch. All right, dude. I think that's it for the questions. So um, again, guys, if you've made it this far, uh, just a reminder, big thanks, obviously, if you made it this far. Really happy with your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to leave us a like and a subscribe and a comment. And if you're watching on uh, iTunes or on Spotify, be sure to uh, subscribe there and leave us a review or a comment. That uh, really helps a lot in terms of promotion, in terms of getting reach out there, in terms of uh, getting more people aware of the podcast. So big appreciation, guys, to everybody who supports the podcast, tunes in every week. It's awesome. And uh, thanks again, Thorne, for uh, another show, my dude. Good times. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss uh, the well, the RMR, the final RMR RMR qualifier, and uh, the blast groups are going to play out as well for the fall group. So we'll get to see the results there as well. So we'll be discussing that and whatever uh, <laughs> whatever other stuff. Uh, if we can, you know, stir up some more drama, we'll see. But uh, thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Already got three.